got a fever, and the only prescription is more. This yo, yo. is the Cigar Authority. It's the biggest helicopter leasing event in the Western Hemisphere since 1997. The Authority. Like Kobayashi. On everything cigar. The cigar takes time. Yeah. That's the whole key. And out of the cigar industry. It's in the hole. With your host. Hey, D-Man. David Garofalo. Wait, who are you? Julius Caesar? Who the hell is Julius Caesar? You know I don't follow the NBA. Mr. Jonathan. I know who I am. I'm a dude. Barry Stone. And Chuck Morrison. 60% of the time, it works every time. It's time to light them up. Screw it, let's let them do it. It's time. It's a win win for me. For the Cigar Authority. I gotta have more. Ah! Saturday, February 18th, 2017, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studios today. We got the band back together. Back from Nicaragua at the Perdomo Cigar Factory, and we're going to tell you all about that, including who Mr. Jonathan slept with. You and said it wasn't, you were taking that out. And it wasn't Mrs. Jonathan. Welcome, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. Barry, did you have something to do with this? We're I telling all. To we're telling oh, all. Jeez, You're listening to the Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S., and yes, the world that is always broadcast on location, and we are the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist... We demand that you light up along with us. You tune in at thecigarauthority.com where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, or podbean.com where you can set it and forget it. Okay, we're going to pass the cigar out to get started right away. And this is the Brickhouse Cigar, Barry Stein. She's a brick. Yes, sir. House. Yeah. I tried to stall for you, Barron's. It's yeah, not like you didn't know it was coming. Well, we had a little issue with YouTube. took a little long to kick in, but it did kick in. And uh, Brickhouse comes to us from J.C. Newman Cigar Company. They are America's oldest family-owned premium cigar makers and also the last operating cigar factory in Cigar City. One of the cigars from this company, although not made in Tampa, is Brickhouse Cigars. In 1937, J.C. Newman launched Brickhouse to honor his family and heritage. The vintage Brickhouse cigar label depicts the pastoral setting of J.C. Newman's childhood home, the only Brickhouse in his village. A place that was not only a home, but it was also the town's tavern. There, locals and visitors alike gathered nightly to eat, drink, smoke, and enjoy each other's company. And the original Brickhouse cigars were Cuban puros, handmade with the finest Havana tobaccos. Today, Brickhouse cigars are super premium, uh, Nicaraguan Puros featuring an exclusive Nicaraguan Havana Subido wrapper, Nicaraguan filler, and, of course, binder, creating a complex, flavorful, premium cigar. There's a sign right above the door. It says, the Commodores stayed here. Yes. So, <laughs> so this is the second rendition of Brickhouse, actually the third rendition to Brickhouse Cigars. The first one years and years ago, and then maybe about five or six years ago, Brickhouse came out. And it was the cigar of the year for us. And last year, they actually switched the production from the factory that was making it to their own um, Nicaraguan factory that they have and that they make other cigars at. And they, they moved the production over there. Um, this actually worked out well because we just came back from Nicaragua. When we got there, we landed in Managua. and We stayed in the Managua uh, for a day before we headed out to uh, Perdomo in Esteli, which is a few-hour drive away. Apparently, the factory that was making this cigar is running into some serious financial issues, 
and shut down, and the insurance company approached me to buy all the cigars. No kidding. Wow. And that's uh, where you disappeared to. Yes. And um, there's a lot of cigars. And they want too much money for them right now, but negotiations are happening. We'll see what ends up happening. Interesting. But, um, you know, you, you lose an account like this, I guess. There's, there's a blow, big, right? Yeah. Um, along with there was issues apparently before that even happened. So I don't, I don't know the folks there at all, uh, but apparently they are no longer. Um, so good thing that, that um, the people at Brickhouse moved the production of what it is. Um, and to be honest with you, I haven't had the new rendition many times. We had it when, when the thing switched over just to make sure everything was okay. So it'll be interesting to light it and cut it. This is part of the care package, Barry Stein? That is correct, So sir. we have about a 1,000 years out there uh, smoking along with us. Let's give it a cut and light, see what it's all about. It's time to cut our cigar, the official cutting, brought to you by our friends at Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo, the brand, while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo... Cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, tradition. and excellence. Excellence. You're just, you're just focused on the excellence part. Yeah. That was an excellent trip. It was. it was. It was ridiculous. But what I was thinking about while I was there is what, what Chuck went through because he was at the Super Bowl, and they certainly did the show last week. It was the Super Bowl show. It I mean, was it the was, Sports Authority. It was, and, and they actually. Uh, I apologize. There was, was a lawsuit out on the Sports Authority. It, it was my ESPN rehearsal tape, just in case it got canned for the show. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be submitted to ESPN Radio. But it was good. There was a lot of everything anyway, but yeah. certainly sports heavy. Um, you guys were probably dying because me and Jonathan know nothing about sports, so you've been dying for seven years. <laughs> we got to talk about sports a little. They, they barely say anything. It definitely felt like seven, more, seven years worth of material. Right. But yeah. No, it was incredible, Dave. Yeah. On uh, March 4th, we're going to discuss NASCAR. No. Uh. No. <laughs> no. You've gone way too New Hampshire at this point. All right, we're going to light our cigar today with the Lotus T4, not to be confused with the newer edition, the T3. Mm. This is the block design. It features a double large patented Vertigo this, this big This is the tank. old version or the new version? This is the original version. Okay. And they have the T3 as well. Uh, four jets, massive tank, easy adjustment at the bottom, and a valve cover so that you don't get schmuckus when you uh, go yeah. to fill it. Industry term. Yeah, you would understand. <laughs> retails for the Lotus T4 retails for fifty nine ninety nine. There's always one on my desk. Always. Barry carries his in his pocket. Yep. Compensation. <laughs> no, com- no comment. <laughs> yeah. This is a nice lighter. It's the Terminator of all the lighters. Yeah, we're saying that uh, Derek was reading the Lotus, you know, spiel yeah. on the lighter. And it deserves to be done in a Schwarzenegger voice. Yes, and yeah. then he did, and he right on, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I listened to, uh, to the show... Uh, Heading back from Miami back to Boston because... Because you didn't sleep. You stayed awake I on the I did plane. not sleep. Yeah. But no, that wasn't everybody. <laughs> As you saw on social media, those that follow David Garofalo on social media... Just a dirty trick. <laughs> it's just it a started, dirty trick. It started with Jonathan doing it to me a couple of years ago, and he threw the first punch, and that's how I am. I'm the Donald Trump of the cigar industry. <laughs> yeah. You hit me, I get to hit you back. You didn't have to hit that low. Yeah. That was I was unconscious. Is there a little drool coming out of your mouth too? Or was no, that... it was so dry in that plane. I don't think I could taste anything. It was just. But I uh. should have videoed it because there was sounds and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> was he calling out somebody's name in yeah. Nicaragua to sleep? No, we'll get into some of that. 
because he did not sleep alone. Oh. He did not sleep alone. Just hope my wife's not listening. It's not what you think. Don't, don't worry about it. She ain't listening. I, I feel like the music should be provided by Little Feet. Really? So, Chuck, great time. Oh, Dave. Yeah, amazing time. <laughs> I, amazing was, time. I was living in you Did you watch? That show. Be honest with us. Did you watch the game? Every second. Did you really? Yeah. Awesome. Every second. Uh, my mother watched the first football game of her life. No kidding. First time she's ever watched it. She said, that's great. I should watch this. I said, they're all like this. <laughs> <laughs> That was, oh. It was almost scripted. I, I mean, know. You, it, it, it's like a Rocky movie of the comeback and all that thing. How, how could that possibly Absolute. happen? I know. I know. And there you were right on the field as close as you could get. Your, your foot's on the line, right? Yeah, pretty much, man. Line of scrimmage the entire game. I mean, it was, it was ecstasy. It was ecstasy. To witness that, that, level, that level of a comeback, Historic. even in the regular season, would be something yeah. to kind of like, I was there for that game, but in the Super Bowl, like at that level, on that stage. Even if they don't give you the ring. They gave you the. We want you to walk around the long, line of scrimmage the whole game. That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Twist my arm, and you're gonna pay me. All yeah. right. <laughs> you're paid for that. Oh, but I was thinking about you guys and your trip, man. I mean, it was, you guys kind of had your Super Bowl. It was. Now I, I've been to every place, you know, and I and I posted this on on social media and said, you know, this was without a doubt, no question, the best ever. Yeah. 32 years in the cigar business. I've been to every factory, just about. Everybody does it, works very, very hard but, and, and does a great job. But this was to a different level. And I've been to Perdomo probably five, six times over 30 years or over 24-year-old company, over 24 years, yeah. a bunch of times. But it's been a while. It's been five or six years since the last we time I was there. We discussed this on the trip. It's been seven or eight years. Yeah. Seven or eight and, and Nick's been saying, you got to come, you got to come. There's lots of changes and things like that. And, you know, so, you know, I just came back from the Dominican Republic and, and I'm off to Cuba after this for the third time. And, yeah. and, you know, a cigar factory is a cigar factory. A cigar field is a cigar field. No. <laughs> no. It's not. It's oh, not. my God. I got to tell you, and I'm not just saying it because I'm coming back from it because I, you, I've come back from a lot over, over the past seven years. We've yeah. been doing the show. Mm-hmm. The guy invented stuff that I never five. saw before. Five, and we're going to get into it, but yeah. he had no less than five straight-up inventions, one of which made the company he invented it for $13 million that year. $13 million. Yeah, the company that... that uh, Manufactured the device. Yeah, the, the device. Fact, we'll get into it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. T- some crazy stuff. I'm like... Well, let me ask you this. You say you've gone to Perdomo's factory five or six times in the past. Yep. Every time you had gone, you, you'd did see, you see advancements? Yes, you, yeah. always. Yeah. And you'd see the advancements ahead, like they're building a building. What's that going to be? Oh, we're going to do this, this, this with it and stuff. And he's still not done it. We're building buildings now. I don't know what the, the heck can... He has, he, has a building, he has a building that is rated for... Uh, it is 30 million pounds on the second floor. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, how for, much for tobacco do you think you're going to put in here? And he said, no, 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 it's not tobacco, but we might end up with machinery wow. or whatever. And I'm like, how the hell are you going to get machinery? I'm thinking to myself, and as we walk by, he goes, and we're putting an elevator in there. And I'm, ah. Incredible. Nuts. And he started stuff. out of a garage. No, I mean, absolutely. The best that's part. it. When now, I started buying from him, it was in the garage, and then he opened a little store in Flagler, Florida, and I went there. I, I said, I'm, I'm proud to know you. You know, it's like we, it's ridiculous of the process that goes through it. I've seen it all, and I've never seen anything like this in all my years. And so much so that I'm telling the guys here, I think 
the Cigar Authority is going to put on a, a road show. Nice. Uh, you know, we'll do a trip and let people buy into it and come along with us or something. Yeah. Because it's really incredible to even witness. And I, I, I've seen them all. I took somebody with me that was in the cigar business for many, many years, yep. and he was blown away. He, his mouth dropped. He couldn't believe it. And, he, you know, Mike Cusano. Yeah. So Cusano yeah. Cigars that had his cigars made it to Avidoff and top, top of the line Big player. Thing. And uh, he's been out of the business for, for a while, and he, and he goes, and I said, yeah, you've you got to see this. Now, here's a guy who's so bright and, and was so entrenched in the cigar business that he, above all of us, knew what questions to ask where uh, it was like, I never would have thought of asking that. And yeah. here's Mike jumping in. And, Nick, a, a lot of people would see someone like Mike Cusano coming on a trip a and become nervous. Not yeah. a threat, but become nervous because this guy knows his stuff. Well, Nick knows his stuff. Oh. So it was, it was watching two industry giants just having a, a class. Cool. And Mike Cusano was the student. Unbelievable. Yeah. Was, Unbelievable. Was, was, now, th- something I want to mention because we're certainly going to get deep into the factory the food, Chuck. Mm. I did not expect much going to Nicaragua. Dave sure. typically complains it's rice and beans with everything and plantains and how it much was, can you eat. It was every, every meal. Isn't that where you had that, that spaghetti? Every no, well, that, that was, was Dominican. Dominican. Okay, Dominican. okay, okay. So we <laughs> went. Spaghetti uh, quotations. First yeah. night we stayed at Camino Real, mm. uh, which is in the United States would be like two and a half, three stars as far as hotels go. In Nicaragua, this is their five star Hotel. Yeah. Okay. This is a Managua, which I've never stayed before. Usually, I, you land in Managua. That's where you land. And then you get on a bus, and it's about a three-hour bus ride Ugh. to go. And you've been traveling all day, and then it's the three-hour bus right. ride, right? So they said, you know something? Stay there. Nice. And then we're going to take, take our time and go tomorrow. So it was awesome that we did that because we actually had a good time. Oh, it was great. The, the thing to get, and we discovered this through Mike Cusano because he had stayed at that hotel 15 years ago. And he said to the waiter, you guys had this thing, steak churrasco, that was on the menu. Do you still make it? And the guy says, si, si. That's yes, yes. Okay, thank you. Um, Here we go. He, he learned I some learned Spanish, some Spanish right? while yeah. I was there. So it was uh, steak churrasco and papas fritas, which sounded exotic to me. And then it showed up, and it's French fries. Right? <laughs> they, were, they were great French fries, and the, the, little, the two little sauces they had on it, oh, it was great. I will have the papa fritas. <laughs> Okay, you know, and he's yeah, like, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm expecting something to come out in a big bowl like and a have silver fruit dish. hanging yeah. out of it. It's French fries. So uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner at Hotel La Campina is the motel that we stayed at. Big open concept uh, garden in the center that grows up through the roof. So even though you're inside, you're really outside all the time. Mm. And we were smoking so many cigars, the bugs were not an issue. But you'd see a chicken, you know, go through the lobby. An armadillo, the lady came out and chased yeah. an armadillo out. You know, we're in, we're in nature. Yeah. But I did notice when we got there, I don't know if you saw this, Dave, there were seven chickens when we got there. Yeah. And there were every two day. chickens left yeah. when and we Every left. day there was less chickens. When I tell you the chicken was unbelievable, <laughs> it was unbelievable. I have never had chicken this good in my life. Free this, range, man. This chick could cook. The eggs were old school eggs where the, the yolk was more orange, orange than yellow. And the white just stayed together. It didn't run all mm. off. So the eggs looked small, How about but the they lemon? were thick. The lemons, I'm not exaggerating, were the size of grapefruits. Wow. Nicaragua has some of the most fertile you, soil on the planet. You pick it off the tree, and then they were you know, having drinks and stuff with the lemon rinds and stuff. And 
Holy yeah. God. Could I have an iced tea with lemon? Uno momento, senor. She goes outside, oh, gets yeah. the lemon, cuts <laughs> yeah. a slice off, squeezes it. I'm like, can you even do that? Wow. I didn't know you could do that. So yeah. French toast with cinnamon. Is that what you're getting cigar. Right after that? Oh, we're talking about cigars now? I'm just mentioning the Brickhouse cigar that I'm smoking and a lot of cinnamon on it. Yeah. Yes, it does. You just had French toast for breakfast. I did. Twice. I did. But it reminds me of it. Brings me back to about three hours ago. Now, Dave and I brought our Vertigo lighters along with us. Yeah. And we were the hit because on the bus, as you're driving through the mountains, you got a 30-mile-an-hour prevailing wind coming across the mountains, blowing through the bus. You could not keep a soft flame lit. Uh-huh. We smuggled our Vertigos in, and no problem. Nice. Yeah. And everybody was borrowing, and thanks to the patented big-ass tank, with the 30 people that were on the bus, we had no issue. Everyone could light their cigars. Perfect. And we got there, and what's on the uh, hotel bar is two big cans of fluid, butane gas. Yeah. So we loaded up every night the, yeah. and then kept everybody smoking. And you could smoke in the restaurants and the bars. There was only <clears> one <throat> place in the entire country you couldn't smoke, and that was where they were spraying ether in the box factory. Makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a red, probably a smart. He said that. I'm not even kidding you. Stop don't, smoking said, cigars. He said, "Don't tuck that cigar in with it lit or any yeah. of that stuff." He said, "A guy did that and yeah. walked by the can of ether, and you know, we almost died. Yeah. We had a fire in the factory. Oh, God. I'm not messing around. If I see you have a cigar in your hand and it's lit, I'm going to punch you in the face." This is Nick Perdomo <laughs> saying it in Nicaragua. Yeah, he's not messing around. Oh. But that was it. That was a short ten minute thing, and right back to it. It was great. Uh, so what did you think of doing the show yourself? It was a little nerve-wracking, you know. A little. Uh, you, you know, you're not here. I figured if anything goes wrong, I, I would never hear the end of it. So I was a little nervous from that aspect. But as the show progressed and I started to relax, I enjoyed doing it. How yeah. much did you drink before the show? Nothing. Really? Because yes. here's what I'll say. Obviously, Ollie's were more talkative than you've ever been. Correct. We didn't have to fight to get a word in there twice. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was Jonathan. good, and I and I learned things about Chuck Morrison that he I did. didn't know. Yes, I never realized that he was that excitable. Like he oh, was, yeah. like he was amped up to eleven for the whole show. Yeah, you can turn it on. It's good, and he's still wearing the same hat from last. This week. hat's never coming off. I was telling the fellows in the audience today, like yeah. if they give it to you, you have to go to store and buy one. Uh, they actually gave it to us. Well, isn't that so? Nice? Yeah, we got. There's yeah. your there's your ring right there. <laughs> there's my right ring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus, but. uh yeah, Barry, we were all worried because we know you'd be listening. Yep. You know, you guys will shoot us straight. Tell us how it is. It was good. It was good. I'd love to give you constructive criticism, but um, there wasn't much to give. It was good. It, um, it was it, so good that the other day on the phone, he told me he was touching himself in the shower while listening to us. That was a little weird. Just a little weird. But Have what? you ever showered and not touched yourself? No. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering how that works. So, but I was listening in the shower. So I thought for sure Dave was messing with me when he said that you've got to flip a switch to turn the hot water on in the oh shower. Oh, my God. And thank God. So the, the drive-in <laughs> I thought was going to be boring as hell. Come, you know, three-hour bus ride. We're all going to be sitting there listening to music. And Nick ends up standing up. He's got a microphone set up and a, a speaker on his hip. And he is giving the tour of Nicaragua cool. on the way into Esteli. Yeah. So no chance to really watch TV or, you know, I had my thing set up and uh, Dave had said before we get on the bus, you know, I got to warn you about the showers and all this stuff. And Nick happens to say Nicaragua is one of the few countries where there's no metal pipes. It's all PVC. Now this ends up playing into the story later. 
So I get there to, to look at the shower, and sure enough, there is a yeah, heater sure attached to the shower head plugged into the wall. And I'm like, I am not yeah. getting in the shower and touching that. No. So I turn the shower on, and I reach up, and I timidly <laughs> flick the switch, and a couple of sparks came out of it. Yeah. I didn't get hit, but, Jesus. you know, just like yeah. the lights mm-hmm. dimmed and then went back brighter than they were before. This happens. And I'm like, what the? So I get yeah. in the shower. It's 50 degrees. <clears throat> yeah. 50-degree water. no hot water. I'm showering as fast as I can, and I get out, I dry off, and I'm looking up at it, and it's got all writing in Spanish, and nothing looks like on or off. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Maybe I turned it off. Maybe it was on this whole time. So I turned the water on, and I turn it on, and I reach in, and the water went from 50 to 65. That's... Still cold, but tolerable, so my roommate was able to get in the shower. And, Did uh, you put, like, one toe in the water? Like, when, when the thing's going through there, yeah. and you see it... You know, it's not normal. It's going through a, a well, I red hot when coil. I, in when it. I didn't get <laughs> electrocuted touching the yeah. water. So the fact that there's no metal piping means that that little metal disc that is the drain yeah. is touching plastic. So there's no ground. And this is why they can get away with. If you had that type of heating uh, in the U.S. with metal piping, forget it. you would just have fried people that took showers. That's but, still risky. That's a dangerous move. You're telling me. But I, they, I didn't spend a lot of time So what there. is it? They don't have hot water heaters. Correct. No matter why, pipes. because electricity there by the kilowatt hour is ten times what it is so, here. Yeah, so why? Heat so it? they only want to heat the water just while they're using it. But and that's it. The best was coming home and taking a hot shower. Oh, Twenty minutes, oh, yeah. yeah, easily. Yeah, just thank you. Don't my realize. Blessings. I mean, this is you the get used thing. to it by like day three or four. Oh yeah, yeah. Used to it. You're still showering in a minute and a half. I mean, you're hitting the vital areas and getting the hell out of there. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. If that. So what did, uh, what did people say about them doing the show? All right. So I got so much email that I just kind of put them in. I'm not going to do the contact us thing because some of them came in by Facebook Messenger, direct email, text message. So uh, almost no names here. Uh, Barry. Yes. Since you picked the versus question, why not either pick one you can speak on intelligently, a stretch I know, or do the damn homework? Did you hear that? Did you one. hear his question? Yes. Goodfellas or Godfather? And he never watched The Godfather. And he, exa- right. But it's Godfather, no, and I was the only one that picked it. He's proud that he never watched The Godfather. Yes. He keeps but us going. That's why there's he There's a list of 30 it. things. Pick something you can speak well, on. Well, let me ask you this. If The Godfather was so great, would there have been a need to do Goodfellas? No. What? <laughs> so we can never do another boxing movie because Rocky Three right. was the best one. Yeah. There's no they need to, to do They had to get to three one. to... What about Creed? You're out of your mind. What about what? what? Next one. I was dreading it. Love the Derek edition and looking forward. I was looking forward to Chuck's Pat story. But because I love what David and Mr. J bring to each show, I was dreading this one. But good job. Uh, Next one is I like Derek when he is not telling me I saw this viral video once stories that are long, boring and usually off topic. Stick to what you know, kid, and answer the damn question. Wow. What a rough. Uh, little rough there. Barry is a smart dude, but come on. The classic three-way is clearly fixed. <laughs> yes. I agree. Uh, next one. I agree. Of all things to mess up, the official cutting brought to us by Perdomo. Uh, when they're at Perdomo. Ironic much? Uh, next one. Can you to cut. recommend? Yes. Ah. Kind of important. It's yeah, like I, I read through the whole thing without the pause for right. the, cut the first time. Failed. Uh, can you recommend a cigar bar that is near the Las Vegas Strip? This one snuck in there somehow. Uh, rather than trust Google, I thought I would ask experts. I've 
been listening to the podcast for a couple of years now and really enjoy it. So we have any cigar bars near the Las Vegas Strip? There's only one that everybody goes to, and it's Casa Fuente. Casa Fuente. Best mojitos in Vegas. Yeah. Big money, though. Big money. Big uh, money. The next, yeah. I thought I broke a window or something in there. I, I, I ordered a couple of drinks and a few cigars, and I got the bill, and I go, did I break something, or what the <laughs> hell happened here? I mean, it was and they hundreds li- of dollars. They listened to the Cigar Authority there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a little deep. The next three come from the same person. Uh, just three separate points. Some great, well-thought-out segments throughout the large and in-charge episode this week. You should use some stronger than a six font on there. Everyone was a lot more talkative. Maybe you guys could finally get in a word edgewise. I agree. Great to hear and see Gentleman Chuck take more of a role. And you add some decent chemistry. Decent chemistry. Uh, there was a little bit of everything, sports, music, booze, and even a little bit, very little, about cigars. Uh, and the it was a little lacking on the cigar thing. I have to, I have to admit that. Uh, you probably could have used some more cigar talk, but that's about the constructive criticism I have. And it's ironic because whenever we have conversations, I'm always saying we need to do more about cigars, more to do about right. cigars. And, and we then did you nothing don't do about it. cigars. Uh, it's not a very debonair making fun of Mr. Jonathan behind his back. It's all in good fun when he's in front of your face, but low-hanging fruit, giggity. When he's not there. Uh, last one from this person. As for the classic three-way, I think you guys might be right. I was suspecting it for myself. For the first time, something has to change. Barry might just be cheating. I mean, he had the answers. Signed, David Garofalo. They were in sealed It's true. I wrote one in for the first time. Because nice. I could. Uh, That's awesome. Not a bad dry run for their Cuba trip. You boys got away with... Uh, one, being halfway decent for the first time without one of the hosts. I, for one, expect a real show the next week they are gone. Uh, And then the last one is, it was great, minor issues. It would be boring if you were perfect, but it was super entertaining. All in all, very good. Congratulations, guys. You pulled it off. Thanks, guys. So we are going away. We are going to do it. All right. We're going to leave. Uh, and and I'm, I'll, I'll spill the beans a little on something else that's going to happen. So we're going to leave on the 27th or 28th or whatever it is. The Monday, yeah. And we're going to be gone till February 5th. I mean, March, March 5th. 5th. So we're moving our March Madness sale mm. that last year I missed because I was in Cuba also. And it's usually the first Friday in March. But again, I would be away. So we're going to move that to the second um, Friday. Yeah, so we send postcards out to everybody. They're on their way, by the way. Uh, they were already printed, they were already uh, addressed and everything, and have been sent. So this word is already getting out. Yesterday, I get a phone call, and somebody who we've been waiting for to do this event with for a long time <clears throat> called up and said, we have a date, and it's confirmed. The date is March 3rd, which is when I'm going to be away again. And I go, oh, my God, March 3rd. I said, we're going to be away in Cuba, and Jonathan's going to be there, too, and um, this event is going to happen here in the, in the Salem store, Friday the 3rd. And it's like, well, we can postpone it again, and who knows, it could be six months again because we've been waiting six months to do this event. And I said, we have to do it. So we're going to end up missing it, but we're going to miss it. But David Ortiz, Big Poppy, is coming to Two Guys Smoke Shop on March 3rd. 3rd. Wow. It's a Friday, 8 o'clock p.m., and he has his new cigar out, and he'll be here for an hour or two or whatever it is. And uh, the plan is, I guess, you buy a box of cigars, and you meet him and autograph it and whatever, take a picture with him. Uh, however it works, I don't know. We'll get all the details as it happens. But <clears throat> mark your calendar. 
Come by if you want. Uh, Barry's going to be there and try to get a bumper for the show. Chuck's actually going to come down, and I'm trying to work out with uh, one of his handlers to to at least get a 10-minute interview that we can record and and replay on the March 4th show. Yeah. So it looks like it could happen. Uh, Hopefully by next week we'll have it definitive. It stinks you guys won't be here for that. Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah. But um, it's six months waiting for that to happen. Do we wait another six months and miss the opportunity or whatever? And it, it's a business move. Yeah. Do it. And I'm like, oh, God. You're like, of all <clears> the dates. <throat> like, uh. And that is the night that I actually have to be in Cuba that night because that is the night of the big dinner that happens right. at the end. It's the biggest night. And I'm yeah. like, I can't even leave early or go late or anything. That's the exact day. And it just stinks that, that, that that's the way it is. So that's that. That ding-ding means it's time for the matchup of the week, brought to you by VS. VS means versus, but it stands for Victor Sinclair. Victor Sinclair cigars, who would win this hypothetical battle? And today's hypothetical battle is between the Brady Bunch versus the Partridge family in a steel cage match (laughs) in their prime. (laughs) All right. I'm going first. Partridge family because of Danny Bonaducci. He'll kick any of he the Brady tough. Bunches. He is tough. End. Yeah, but I, I have it on good authority. <laughs> Although I'd like to see Laurie, Marsha, and Jan in a three-way. So isn't that interesting? <laughs> Laurie, Marsha, and Jan. That is not correct. Laurie was from the Partridge family. Yeah. And, Mar- and Marsha and uh, Jan. Are Jan from, are from the other one. Okay, I thought you were trying to put yeah. three together. No. Who would, so you got Jan. Cindy the Cindy? other one. Oh, my God, Barry. You know what? You, so going back to the Partridge family. You, wanna you, how I know you got Laurie and you got Danny. Yeah. Do you know the other? Uh, Chris and I don't remember the little blonde girl's name. And how about the boy? The main man. Uh, David Cassidy was, uh, I don't remember his character's name. Keith. He was Keith, and Tracy was the little girl. And you said Christopher. Do you know Christopher? There was two Christophers. One did the first year, and then he was replaced. It was like Darren on Bewitched. All of a sudden, the guy switched. It's the same name, and... Did you didn't know even that? know that. Yeah. yeah. Scott Lookland or something like that. I didn't know it, but I looked this stuff up so that I was prepared like, like you do for the th- for classic three-way. <laughs> yes. And you read the, read the – <laughs> you know you do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trip you up today. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> what do you think? All right. So I, I this gonna... was a, a, a real fight. Yeah. In well, their prime, not today because they're all older. And, and by the way, they – both shows were on about the same time, from 69 to 74 for Brady Bunch, 70 to 74. This is when all the family sing-along type things were yeah. going on. I'm going to say Brady Bunch because that was the show I liked better. Yeah? <laughs> so. A man named Brady, right? man named Brady. Right? You ever, hey, listen, do you ever get bet against Brady? Did we learn ah, something in it? Come look on. at you <laughs> turning it into a football thing. It's <laughs> a good point there. It's a good do you point. ever bet against Brady? Plus, there was more of them. True. Right? True. Oh, no, yeah, see? I got to say that it is the Brady Bunch because they, they were just physically larger people, and the hair was bigger. They also, yeah. And Greg Brady could have been a porn star. So <laughs> I'm going to say there's a lot of testosterone there. There was talk that, about him and the mother, you know. Yeah. Greg Brady and the mother. I think there was because more Because the time. husband was, yeah. was really gay. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they also had Alice, so that Alice? number. Yeah, yeah. But, but Reuben Kincaid cancels out Alex. Okay. Ruben I mean, okay. Alice, right? Okay. How about Sam? Unless you include Sam, Sam the Butcher. Sam, come on. Sam the now Butcher. If you include the Butcher, <laughs> See, a whole you guys story. know too much about this. I, I dug this stuff up. And... <laughs> so yeah, you need you... the Brady Bunch for me. Brady Bunch for me. Partridge Family for me. 
Dave, you're the deciding because of, vote. Because of Danny Buonaduce, I got to go because he's really a fighter. Yeah. And he could probably take out a few of these kids on the other, on the other side, right? <laughs> yep. So, was he uh, a fighter back then? Yeah, though? you're saying in their prime. So, in well, their prime, prime would be the prime 30s. is now. All right, all right. <laughs> His prime is now. That's true. In those days, right? But they were groovy kids, right? That, that was the idea of what was going on there. So it's a tie. We have no winner once again. That's the uh, matchup of the week by V.S. Cigars. So early thoughts here on the Brick House. The burn is good. I lost. Uh, I did lose my ash, um, but the burn is solid. I'm getting a little bit of that cinnamon. There's also an underlying creamy kind of vanilla-y Like the flavor. French toast. <laughs> I'm Just not, like French toast. I'm not going to say French toast at all. It's creamy. Buttery, like vanilla, egg, eggy, bready type thing it's that has nothing custard. to do with French toast. It's a vanilla custard. I'm, I'm totally in a different place. Cedar and tea. Cedar and tea? Wow. A lot of wood notes. You've been, you've been watching the Asshole Show a little too much there, buddy. Well, no, then I would say it's leathery and right. earthy. Because <laughs> that's their go-to. I got cinnamon. I have a little spice, a little pepper. I mean, we're all over the place here. Uh, but I'm with you, Dave. It's, it's, it's creamy, though. It's It's... That was me. That said creamy. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't want to take away from the French <laughs> toast thing that doesn't have any cream in it. Right. <laughs> right. It's not French toast. So far, so good. You're looking at a, at a cigar under six dollars, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. So so far, so good. Let's go to break, and when we come back, we're going to tell you about our trip to Nicaragua. We're going to dig into it. Mr. Jonathan uh, slept with somebody, and it wasn't Mrs. Jonathan. So wrong. And uh, something crazy in the insane asylum, and it isn't who Mr. Jonathan slept with. And Cigar News. You're listening to the Cigar Authority in the United Cigar Radio Network. Walking, walking in, you're greeted with the aroma of friendship. You move to the humidor and reach into the hallmark molded steel box, retrieving the only cigar worthy of such elegant protection. Your cut is meticulous, the light easy and full. Your taste buds are immediately inundated with a barrage of wood and rare spice flavors, all finished with a trademark plume of smoke. Moscow City Series from Hammer and Sickle. Live well. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up. The Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium Diamond Crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman's Garco or visit diamondcrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich. 
and the pissed off Kristoff is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Kristoff cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Kristoff is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes. Four sizes, including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the Pissed Off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple. Exceptional quality of their cigars and not quantity produced as a vertically integrated family-owned company. Personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, handcrafted since 1964. I want to tell you about my friend Hochi Blanco, a fourth-generation Dominican cigar maker known for growing tobacco and producing highly acclaimed cigars for other people. If some things stay the same, other things have to change. Finally, Hochi's factory, Tobacalera Palmer, has produced the cigar that not only belongs to the factory, but pays homage to the cigar rolling room known as La Galera. The La Galera Connecticut blend is special, using an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper, surrounding a Dominican blend of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and a varietal that Hochi named T112. With exception of the wrapper, Hochi grows all of the La Galera tobaccos himself and carefully watches over every step. The flavor smooth, but still offering plenty of flavor in all sizes, paying homage to the people and tools used in the factory. Now for the amazing part. La Galera, Connecticut has a suggested retail price ranging from $4.95 to $6 and has been awarded the Cigar of the Year by the Cigar Authority. La Galera, Connecticut, creating their own version of the Connecticut cigar because they demand more. Hi, this is Nick Perdomo. Hi, this is Nicholas Perdomo, Jr. From Perdomo Cigars, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. And we are back, live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studios. You're listening to the Cigar Authority. Mr. Jonathan is being outed right here, right now, and I have confirmed. He has slept with another man. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. (laughs) And that's it. His name is Tim. Yes. He works for us. Yeah. And 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 you know I don't want just... I didn't want anybody sleeping with other people that work here. Well, it it was just sleep. That was it. That was it. That's all that happened. Just sleep. We just little spoon, little making out. I was the little spoon. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh... <laughs> so Jonathan, you just admitted you were a catcher. <sighs> Whoa. Whoa. So they, you roomed with another man. Correct. Separate beds. You get Separate the... beds. Yeah. Yeah. Shower together. 
No, but back to back. We made sure there was at least a layer of material between us at all times. Yes. Are you uncomfortable with it at all? No. No. It's no different. Natural. Than being in the well, natural. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny because it's true. There it is. I noticed the smile was a little bit bigger today when I saw him. Yes. <laughs> he got back and says, I think Tim deserves a raise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he also wants to relocate him to the sales yes, store. Yes, all the time. Yeah. I'm like, what? Tim's schedule needs to revolve around my schedule <laughs> from now on. Just, just coincidental. By the way, it was Valentine's Day. That's right. Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Who would you rather spend it with? Really? Those that you love. There we go. So... Uh, I do want to give a couple of shout-outs here. We got uh, on the trip, we had Roy, Nestor, Phil, Mo and Mo Jr., XL, Conrad, Clark, Manny, Tim, Andrew, Guillermo, Mike, Linda, who, by the way, Linda's a trooper. Yes, she Ron, is. Ron, Harry, Tom, and Jeff, all on the show, all on the, on the trip. On the trip. It was uh, great. We made a lot of friends. A lot of friends. Did, did I see a friend. picture of a gentleman who was older, not sure of his age, that has... Uh, he's 90. He's 90. And the has- entire factory refers to his uh, male organ as the hammer. The hammer. Okay. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Are we talking about Tim again? Or- no. No, okay. Okay. No. Okay. no. No. This dude has uh, a harem of around uh, 100 women, and he is the oldest one in the factory. And He uses it every day. Every he uses day. the hammer every yes. day. He smokes 20 cigars a day and has sex every day. And, wow. and is proud of it, as he should be at his age. We heard stories that we shouldn't hear. Yeah. Part of his... <laughs> that you shouldn't hear, that's for sure. Part of his presentation in the factory, because Nick would let the people, because they're proud of their job, talk about their portion of the job and different parts of it, and they would speak in Spanish, and he would translate. And more than once, he put his hand over and covering his eyes and shook his head. Yeah, Nick. Like, himself. I can't believe I'm about to translate this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I banged her, and then that just goes, <laughs> goes on goes, from there. Now back to the tobacco. <laughs> you know. By the way, speaking of sex, Rudy wants to know if Tim's hand wound up between two pillows. Oh, ah, those aren't pillows. It's none of your damn business. <laughs> uh, so we learned on the trip in to Esteli on the bus that Nicaragua means never without water. The water table in Nicaragua is very high, and this is why the soil is so fertile. It's very volcanic. So most of the mountains, the tops of the mountains are missing because they are retired volcanoes. And the sediment ends up filling in and becomes very lush. And all this ash is very mineral rich and it supports growing everything. So he, one, one was not dormant. No, one was active. We saw the smoke coming yeah. up. Yeah. Wow. Pretty cool. So from, from a distance, pretty cool. Up close, yeah. not so cool. <laughs> he has a rule in his fields. You're not allowed to eat lunch in the field because if you drop a seed, it grows. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. It just grows. Wow. It's unreal. Uh, the average worker stays at the average factory for about six months. Perdomo had a, a write-up in the local paper. 17.4 years is the average that he employees. retains yeah. his employees. Uh, Esteli has a 100. That says a lot for a person. It certainly That's does. A ton. Esteli has 100% employment. They have this um, mantra that they go by in the entire city. Uh, it's called, if you don't work, you don't eat. Mm. Everybody works. Once you're at, at the age where you can do something to help the family, you do it. Uh, it can be as, as young as 12. And I'm not talking about 
you're going in hard labor at 12. But at 12 years old, you clean the house so that mom can go out and roll cigars and dad can go out and till the fields and you babysit and you do what you got to do. And if you don't work, you don't eat. What's the city like? Yeah, very rural. Yeah. It looks Small. a lot. It so. looks a lot like any sort of uh, city up here. You know, a little rundown. Uh, they're poor people. Does it have skyscrapers? No, 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 no. no, no. The yeah. biggest. Uh, they were building a new hotel. I think it was ten stories high, and it was the biggest building in the whole city. Does, does the siren in the church still go off every morning to wake up the like the, the city? No. Was the last time I was there. Chickens, chickens is what woke, woke me up every day. Yeah, chickens and, and geese. Yeah, geese. Ugh. Even at nighttime with the geese. Really? Yeah. At the hotel? It's bad. The... Yeah. I was kind of hoping we were going to have goose for one of the meals, but yeah. <laughs> checking every day. Uh, we, we, spent, down a bit. we spent one full hour on just about everything, but the one that impressed me the most was the, the first very one. first day we go in, there's a tent, there's chairs set up like a classroom, but outside, and Nick, has, where he's inside this uh, amphitheater type thing. And he's got TVs set up, and he's got pictures on the walls and plants on the side. And he spent one hour with his guy, Silvio, the guy that's head of uh, the entire factory production, on seeds. Two of the inventions that Nick created have to do with seeds because he believes that if you start off with the most perfect seeds you can get, that in the end you end up with the most perfect plants. Now, makes other, sense. Other, it makes sense, but other people believe that if you – let the seeds fight it out that you end up with the strongest surviving. But the problem with that theory, according to Nick, is that when you force a plant to be stressed from an early time, you can't get the same yield out of it later. So the plant's going to expend X amount of energy over its life. Do you want it to expend extra energy fighting just to survive? Or would you like that extra energy to go into full-size leaf production? This is his theory. And I would say the facts back it up because yeah. prior to his two major inventions, and I'll get into them briefly, it, he was getting just about 80% yield, 75 to 80% yield on his seeds. And after he implemented two things, he went to 93%, and he says he won't be happy until he achieves 96 which is a statistical improbability. But this is what he's going for is 96%. So he separates the pods and the seeds in this machine that he invented that has three screens, they're all at an angle and the machine vibrates. And it filters out the light seeds get vibrated off right away and the heavier seeds fall down and all the debris vibrates off. And when he goes through the third screen, the seeds go through essentially a computer fan that blows any remaining light, anything, husks, everything out and just the heavy seeds with no dust fall down into a collection chamber. When he gets enough seeds, he ships them off to a lab to have them analyzed under a microscope to make one sure. One by one. Now, these things are. It's millions of them. They're so small. If, like a grain of coffee, it would be one-tenth of a grain of coffee. Yeah, I had right. a thousand of them in my hand. You saw the picture, Chuck. And, yeah. and I've got a, a story going up this week. Uh, Barry's going to stretch it out for a couple of days. But you'll see the picture of the. There's a thousand seeds yeah, in the like palm of my seeds. hand. These are like apple seeds. These are grains of salt. Not even. Yeah. Yeah. You could fit a hundred seeds in the, in the space of a, an apple seed. It's yeah. crazy. So that's one invention that he had. And I said it to him. I go, do you, do you have plans of taking this to market? And he said, no one will buy it. And I'm like, that's the oddest thing I've ever heard. It just seems so normal so and what natural. They, so what are they looking at under the microscope? They're looking to make sure that the seeds don't have any pits. That would any be a defective seed. Or any anything on it. It's got to be like a marble all the way Perfect around. Perfect marble. So the problem that they were doing when they were uh, looking at it um, – 
the old way is they would get a number two pencil and then have it at the end of it, and they would look around it and make sure it was perfect. You know, under a magnifying glass. Yeah. So they touch the pencil to water, touch the pencil to the seed, look at it, plant it. But you can only see half the seed at that point. Mm. The other half is covered by the pencil. So at that point, he's getting 80% germination. And when he created this other machine that works also on vibration, he pours the seeds over the top, and there's one hole. There's 96 holes are going across, one hole per seed. And a vacuum sucks the individual seed to this plate. He vibrates all the other seeds off, flips the plate over above the cups, and then presses a button and with 100 PSI shoots the seed exactly one centimeter deep in each cup. And he gets 93% germination. That's an unheard of statistic. Can't, that Incredible. almost can't happen. Incredible. Yeah. And, and there's nobody not, else that has this. So, I mean, we spent an hour on the seed thing of something I never saw before because he said, Dave, did you ever see this before? And I said, no. And at the end of it is, of course you never saw it before because nobody has it. I'm just asking it because invented I invented it. it. Craziness. Craziness. So after we spent the hour, he also went into the fact that seed varieties have nothing to do with flavor. So companies will say, well, this has Corojo 98 on it. So you're looking for spicy blah, 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 blah. The reality is each seed strain is meant to grow in different environments. So, for example, uh, the the leaf field that we saw, uh, La Finca Natalie, has a prevailing wind that... Route rises around 10 feet. The plant grows to 6 feet. So the, he can grow a full-size 6-foot tobacco plant without the wind beating up the leaves. Because he it's between the mountains. The right. He is. doesn't have it's to beautiful, plant a cover crop or anything. Just the leaves can grow out perfectly. We come in driving up towards it, and we're high altitude, and then all of a sudden we're overlooking this valley of lush green tobacco. Holy mackerel. It's like, oh, never seen anything like this before. And this is the first real plot of land that he's purchased. He leases everything else, but this one he owns, and he's only cultivating 10% of it right now because that's how much he has cleared, and he's got the bulldozers and tractors working in another area. Which is a lot. Like, what are we talking, hundreds of acres? Hundreds of acres. Yeah. Yeah. I think he said 1,000 acres for that plot of land. Yeah. Massive. Uh, When we took the tour, uh, it used to be that you'd walk it, and he, he rigged these carts that get pulled behind, they look like uh, miniature circus carts for miniature people because they weren't comfortable. Metal seats, two-by-fours, just rough. But the, tr- the tractors go in such a way yeah, that you don't end hour. up... Yeah, it's slow. But you don't end up close to the tobacco itself because every inch you get closer to the tobacco, you're compacting the soil that much more, making it tougher for the root structure to develop. Mm. I mean, when I tell you that he has thought of everything, you're not allowed to walk through the field unless you have a job to do. Because each step down the field, even a 110-pound girl checking on to make sure that the leaves aren't infested, is compacting the soil. Every single thing has a reason all the way through the entire process. So where most factory tours would say, there's where we do the seeds, here's how we do it, and this is where we transplant and this is where he has a story for everything one of the coolest ones he's got uh, two oxen uh jeff and arthur arthur and the oxen he was using to plow and till between the rows you know other plants start to grow and so you, you stir that up and uh each oxen weighs about 630 pounds so he meets up with mercedes and says i want uh, to make a tractor that's all aluminum 
So they that weighs less than the auction, right? So because he, he doesn't want to con- the auction to compact the. So he goes through all this process and has the block made out of aluminum and the building, the structure of the tractor. the The roof weighs three pounds. Wow. That's that covers the guy from the sun. The whole tractor weighs six hundred thirty pounds. Thirty pounds less than one oxen, and it can do twice the work. So instead of it taking four days for him to do the field, he gets it done in four hours. Mm-hmm. It's done. You put the tractor down. It never gets tired. You don't have to feed it. It's ready to go for years and years. And you could pick it up if you had to move yeah, it. I guess. Yeah. Change the tire with your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really How often does Nick visit uh, his own factory? Is he down there a lot? Once a month. Yeah. He's wow. there once a month. A week a month, I guess. Um, other interesting things. Every building has computer-controlled climate. So each building has its own humidity that it needs to be at. And I'll tell you. I pride myself on the humidity we have here. Yeah. We have the information because we're changing our humidity in our stores. Yes, we are. Because his is better than ours. Wow. Of course it's better than ours. Oh, my, you, just everything. Each room, we would walk in the room and he would say, okay, and this room is set at 72%. I mean, off the top of his head. This yeah. is set at 72% humidity, and this one is at 60%, mm. and here's why. And this just soup to nuts every single detail that you could possibly think of and he stays up at night with a pad of paper by his bed thinking of ways to make what appears from the outside to be a perfect operation better yeah nice. every single time nice yeah he's unbelievable it's unbelievable we went a whole day before we even got to the factory which actually makes the tobacco you know grows rolls the cigars that, you know, and a lot of people, they go, oh, let me go to a cigar factory, and, and you're going to see a guy punching the tobacco and then putting a wrapper on sure. it and making a cigar and say, oh, my God, I went to the cigar factory. Oh, there's so much. There's three years of stuff being done before it gets to that point. You know, that's the last step, and they get the applause for it. But let me tell you, it's, it's the guy at the germination. The, the ground that's in there, he grows his own worms. He has how many... Worm. He has seven different varieties of worms that takes all the organic matter when they strip the stems out, when the stalks are left, and the final leaves, the sucker leaves, they pull all those out, and they go into a compost pile. And seven different worms. So his soil that he shoots those seeds into, so much of it is peat moss from Canada that's completely sterile and devoid of any mold spores or any of that stuff. It's clean. And then he has his own worm castings that he puts in, and he has some other stuff. He does infrared uh, pictures from Google Earth looking at his fields to identify yeah. hot spots yep. down to 10 inch squares. One field, he, uh, he brought it down to so 60, you know, one plant, all the way infrared to one plant. 62 different soil varieties in one field. And each square, you know, once he gets past the 10 inch, so maybe you've got 110 inch areas, right? Yeah. So that needs certain fertilization to get it so that it's the same as the others. And then the next plot needs a different one. So these guys with backpacks have these shots that they put inside their backpack with the water so they can bring the phosphorus up a little bit or the nitrogen's too high over here. So we have to plant a different crop there to suck some of the nitrogen out because it's too high. Just I can only imagine the level. There's drones going around. There's all kinds of stuff happening. It's crazy. There's like 30 drones flying around looking at stuff. Like your level of appreciation for Perdomo was very high, I'm sure, before this trip. Of course. And now it must be like I'm doubling the prices. I've seen it it all. I mean, I was at five fields two weeks ago somewhere else, taking nothing away from them. Unbelievable. But this was rocket science compared to – So 
what, what I've seen. Consider that cigars are a handmade product. Mm-hmm. His rollers stay on one size for just about their entire career. Somebody has to die in order to be moved to another size, literally, or retire. So a Robusto roller stays on Robustos his entire life. And the example he gave was Corona. If a Corona roller can get himself to be an A tier, which I'll tell you in a second what that is, he can make the same amount of money as a Robusto roller because he's so proficient at making the Corona. If he moves over to Robusto to make more money, he's going to have a full month learning curve on how to make those. So he's going to have enough rejections. It costs the factory too much. It's cheaper to pay that guy. And he's going to make less money. The factory's going to make less money. There's going to be more damage. So he keeps the guy on Corona for his entire career. The guy becomes a rock star, A-tier. To be an A-tier, you have less than one ounce of waste in every 400 pounds of tobacco. Everything's weighed. Everything's draw tested. Everything's checked so many times. In uh, 120,000 cigars, a roller in an A-tier has less than 12 bad cigars. And at the end, they deconstruct the cigars. They show the roller where they messed up, and they allow the roller to re-roll those cigars. Uh, the only thing that gets damaged is the Lajero. It can't withstand the uh, So remember, the he's, he's telling you about the humidity going into each room. So where certain tobaccos are in each room, so much moisture is in that room. So, so much moisture is in that tobacco leaf. So here's the binder, and the binder is at 68% humidity. It weighs the exact same amount because of the moisture content within it. So there's not going to be fluctuations on None. it. It's an exact uh, science. It's another terrible. interesting thing. Even he, though it's handmade, yeah. it's, a, it's an exact science. He said probably ten times, if, if he said it once, Perdomo Cigars does not make seconds. The whole seconds thing is a farce yeah. in the cigar industry. There is no such thing as seconds. Cigar factories make cigars. They don't reject them and then sell them off because yeah. you're not going to put your name on something right. that didn't pass the draw tester or that has yeah, a we lump guarantee in it. it doesn't work. It doesn't draw. No, it's you're not going to have it out. It's and, not going to happen. And, and you'll starve for them over there because there are no seconds. There are no. Do you know what his rejection rate is? Like it's uh, out of less X amount produced. Less, less than twelve bad cigars in every hundred and twenty thousand is what his wow. his average is. Every cigar is draw tested. They got a whole row of guys. That's all they're doing. And they work every day. And they said, you know, anybody else that says to you they draw test every cigar actually can't do it. The reason we can do it is they don't have vacation over there. And their certain holidays, religious holidays that that fall there, at that point, they have those guys continue to go on to catch up, you know, so that uh, it can never happen. There's only three departments that he has that work 24 hours a day, and the draw testing room is one of them. So I, I did a summation of every single thing that we saw. So indulge me for 30 seconds. Uh, At the end of the factory tour, we saw perfect seeds that were shot into perfect soil and grown in as close to perfect conditions as the weather would allow. Leaves that were carefully picked, cured, sorted, fermented, sorted, fermented, sorted, fermented, sorted, deveined, sorted again, rolled into binder, checked, draw tested, had the wrapper applied, inspected, aged, inspected, banded, cellophane put on, the boxes built, inspected, painted, inspected, filled with cigars, emptied, everything is inspected, filled again, inspected again, adorned with the paper stuff that goes on, the filetta and the, the adornments, inspected again, sealed, inspected, frozen, and shipped. Frozen. Frozen. Down to minus 40 degrees, every single container before the container's loaded. And mind you, the container is 
758 cardboard crates with less than one centimeter of space at the top of the container. I mean, he couldn't possibly fit another thing in there. So he loads this container-sized freezer with his 758 crates. It takes three days. He brings the temperature down to minus 40. It takes 24 hours to get them back up, pulls them out, puts them in the crate, and they are shipped over to Miami. And, I mean, uh, the thing that we saw the most was the inspection. Mm. There's half of his staff are the makers or the doers, and the other half are inspectors. This is why Perdomo cigars are so consistent. And, they, and they're changing and over all the time, so they're not, um, they're not checking on their friend, in other words. Yeah. They keep revolving around. So if, you have a team, if he has a team of inspectors that are today inspecting uh, how the wrapper's being applied to the Robusto line and how the binder's being applied to the Robusto line, those inspectors will do that for today. Tomorrow, they have a different assignment, and they have a different partner. So I can't become friends with Dave. And I can't become friends with the roller because I just do a different job every single day, checking all day, every day. Even his inspectors are inspected. If you get a, a, a Perdomo cigar that doesn't draw and there's a problem with it. You cut it wrong. You're lying, right? You're not telling the truth or you did something wrong yourself because it's, it's virtually impossible. Last year, he, can't had, get through. He, he made 30 million cigars and he had 11 complaints. At the end of him investigating, because every single person that signs off, they, they have gone through their checklist. So at the end of going through every single batch, yeah. where did this box come from? What, what, what's traceable. the numbers on it? It's all traceable. And it ends up coming down to, well, it turns out that the customer cut it wrong. Eight out of the 11 were user error, whether it was the retailer or the customer, yeah. making a bad cut, improperly storing it, right. whatever the reason was down to really three legitimate errors and believe me they were handled and won't happen again out of, out of 30, 30 million. million incredible it, it was nuts it was nuts it was great and it was uh, really something to see final thoughts here on Brickhouse mine went out because I was talking me, to Woody for me still I am now starting to get some canal mm. um, it's there but for me it's Woody tea and hints of canal he says canal because you can't say cinnamon yeah. cinnamon it's an easy word cinnamon baby you know it's definitely cinnamon Did, I, again I got a little spice it, it's a wood tone to it this, but. Is, a, this is a great value cigar <clears throat> great value cigar always has been really quickly Larry Thomas from uh, uh, from Street of Illinois from Stogie's uh, he wants to know what you thought of the coffee because he knows you're a huge oh, oh, coffee yeah. fan yes so I bought some coffee and I will say that we had two guys on the trip that don't like coffee. One guy's only had coffee two other times in his life. And we finally beat on him enough that he tried the coffee. And it was during a tasting. So we're all sitting in we a tasting panel. You had to drink panel. coffee. You had to. Yeah. You had to drink it to clear your palate. So we're sitting in a tasting panel. And Nick hands out different cigars from the blend that we're smoking. There's no band on it. Truly blind. So we got to smell the tobacco and smoke the cigar. And then smell the tobacco and smoke the cigar and pass it down. Just the tobacco, not the cigar. And then you look for the notes that you smelled in the cigar. It was awesome. Yeah. And so the guy says, I don't drink coffee. Do you have soda? And Nick said, no, it's okay. You don't have to have coffee or soda. Just, just don't do the thing. And the guy <laughs> says, all right, I'll do it. And at the end, he said, oh, my God, I love, I love this coffee. What did you think? I mean, you're, you're a coffee connoisseur. A, I, mean, I didn't like that particular coffee as much because I drink my coffee black. And Nick insisted that we have cream and sugar because the cream helps break down some of the acidity of the tobaccos. So... Mm. Um, but as far as drinking coffee every day, it was amazing. It was yeah. amazing. Everything there grows so awesome. I bet. The soil is 
deep of perfect soil all the way through. I mean, they, they cut through the soil and showed you. It was 100 they, feet that they were able to go down and still find topsoil in um, Crazy soil. Estaline. It comes down to that. I mean, that's what it is, the soil. And the whole Nicaraguan mindset as a people, they are not afraid to work. Mm. They do not Whew. cut corners. So when it's time to roast the coffee, they're not doing the charbucks thing and taking 4,000 pounds of coffee right. and roasting it in four minutes at a very high heat and burning it. Yeah. Which, by the way, we found out um, Charbucks buys their coffee from Nicaragua. But they don't want the coffee that's perfect and that's growing on the tree. They only want the stuff that falls on the ground because they're going to burn it anyways. So they buy the lowest price coffee and they charge the most for it. Now, that's a, business, that's a business model right there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but then the I don't agree with it, but hell, man, that's... <laughs> yeah, I'll say I give Nick a lot of credit for running a, a tight ship, wow. but I don't think that he could do that in another country. The Nicaraguan people, their culture is to be hardworking and put in an honest day's work. That 90-year-old guy has Sundays off. He goes into work every Sunday. Nick can see him on the camera. He goes in every Sunday to double-check on a couple of things works that he might have day. missed. Awesome. He works, works every, day. every day of the week. That building, we told you, they're building structurally that can handle so many pounds and all that. Yeah. It was built with cement in five-gallon buckets, mixed in five-gallon five buckets. Home Depot buckets. Yeah. Mixed it, walk it up the steps, yeah. pour wow. it in the form, we go did. back down, and while that guy's tamping it or whatever he's doing to wow. it around the, the forms, go back and mix another bucket. And I'm not talking they got 300 people there in a, in a line. Yeah. The whole building had 20 people working right. on it, and they're building this building in unbelievable time. He said it'll, it'll be 120 days. It'll be complete. It was, so it was halfway there. So in three-quarters of a year, he can build an entire building that can hold 30 million pounds on in the In a five-gallon bucket. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Houston, I learned that their infrastructure, like 65% of it is less than 10 years old. It's all new. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. All right, let's go to break. And when we come back, uh, what's up in the cigar world? Gentleman Chuck Morrison will light up a Perdomo cigar uh, and uh, a... that we blind taste tested in the factory. Oh, this is the yes, cigar. This is the one. This is the one we blind taste tested in the factory, smelling the tobacco and having the coffee. This will be the cigar when we return. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. And when you're smoking your brick house, always remember to keep the lid end out of your mouth. Stepping into the aging room has a new meaning at Aging Room Cigars as Rafael Nodel has traveled to Spain, where the idea for Aging Room Solera was born. The Solera method of aging has been used for centuries in the making of wine, sherry, brandy, and rum. The method mixes different vintages, allowing them to age together. For Aging Room Solera, Raphael takes several tobacco vintages and puts them in bales where they age together for another 12 to 18 months. This allows the tobaccos to marry for a longer period of time. At the end of the aging process, Aging Room Solera becomes a balanced and complex cigar with a fantastic price point. Aging Room Solera. It will have you calling for an encore. 
In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends. The Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX. All aged to perfection. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, each artfully crafted blend comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Sereno. To create this masterpiece, a combination of hand-selected filler tobaccos from the fertile soil of Esteli and Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a luxurious wrapper leaf to bring you an endlessly complex and majestic experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allows the blend to marry, creating unmistakable and ever-changing tasting notes that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating each and every drop. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available online at TwoGuysCigars.com. Sereno, a majestic cigar aged to perfection. I finally found a cigar magazine that I like. No, no, love. It's called Cigar Journal. What's so great about Cigar Journal is that it's all about cigars and none of the nonsense that you see in other magazines. It has stories, reviews, and the latest news about premium cigars. You're going to be impressed. Cigar Journal has beautiful images, great editorials, and it's strictly for the cigar enthusiast. Or, get this, Passionado. Cigar Journal covers cigars in the U.S. and around the world and is printed right here in the USA. Cigar Journal, available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at www.cigarjournal.co. That's cigarjournal.co. The La Galera Habano uses a classic wrapper on a staple cigar for a classy company. Hi there, this is David Garofalo of the Cigar Authority, and I want, no, no, I need to tell you about La Galera Habano. The La Galera Habano is an authentic cigar elaborated with the hands of the best cigar rollers of Tobacalera Palma in the Dominican Republic. Blended around an outstanding, flavorful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, the Dominican-grown Corojo binder, and the filler made up of Peloto Cubano, Criollo 98, and Peloto Oro, creating a medium to full-bodied, attractively consistent and aromatic smoke that envies no other. I love this cigar. Have you tried La Galera Habano yet? Well, what are you waiting for? Available at better cigar shops worldwide is La Galera Habano. The wait is over. La Galera Habano. It was 2010 on my 50th birthday. Nick Perdomo from Perdomo Cigars showed up in my office and honored me with a gift. It was a box of cigars. But this box of cigars was not what I expected, one I never saw before, something without the Perdomo name on it. It was my name, Garofalo. Garofalo Cigars has my name on it, but it was blended and created by Perdomo as a gift, a gift of a brand of cigars. So what should you expect from a Garofalo cigar? Rich layers of complex flavors, but offered in a mild to medium body profile. A blend comprised of fine Cuban seed Nicaraguan tobaccos, including a triple-fermented, five-year-aged Connecticut shade wrapper. I'm honored to have Garofalo, my name, surrounding such a wonderful cigar. I would be honored if you would give a Garofalo cigar a try. Garofalo Cigars, an honor. 
This the crowd is standing on his feet here at Augusta. Is the Cigar Authority. Where are your badges? The Authority. We ain't got no badges. On everything cigar. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. With your host. Ho, ho, slow down there, speed racer. David Garofalo. Put that coffee down. Coffee's the closes only. Mr. Jonathan. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. Barry Stump. That guy in a little coat. That guy in a little coat. Don't. <laughs> and Chuck. Morrison. I went to magic camp. I'm an accomplished ventriloquist. Oh, I am a seventh degree imperial yo-yo master. It's time to light them up. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. It's time. I would rather you just said thank you. For the Cigar Authority. Yeah! And we are back with our number two, broadcasting live from the La Flor Dominicana Cigar Studios. And we were blind taste tested on the Perdomo Factory Tour and you'll never guess what Mr. Jonathan thought it was. Welcome back everybody to the Cigar Authority. You got an awful lot about me in yeah, there, and I don't remember just, any of this. Uh, yeah. You're listening to the Cigar Authority, the only radio show in the U.S., and yes, the world, that is always broadcast on location, and we are the only show that doesn't just allow smoking. We insist, we demand that you light up along with us. You tune in at thecigarauthority.com where you can watch us live or catch the podcast on demand at any time. Simply find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play or Podbean.com, where you can set it and forget it. A little halftime treat here brought to you by our friends in Nicaragua. Mr. Jonathan picked us up when he went into the supermarket over there on his way to Esteli, because I didn't see a supermarket in Esteli. So, uh, Sponge is an acronym. Sponge. Sponge. It's an acronym that it stands for the key elements that comprise living things. Sulfur, phosphorus, oxygen, nitrogen, carbon, and hydrogen. Sponge. Everything you need. This that's the loosest. Like a treat. That's the loosest translation that I could get because everything was in Spanish. I did the best I could. All right, there's two in each one, oh, so we'll split one over here. You guys split one, and let you guys play with sponge over there. Sponge. It sounds like something that comes out of the ocean. Uh, it looked like something that comes out of the ocean right. with this hot pink packaging. I'm scared. We have no idea what this is. This doesn't look bad. You no, got there's, it open? A, there's actually four in each thing. Oh, all right. But, but yeah, the, feel free to put your mouth all over it. <laughs> but, but the cookie at the bottom of this thing looks like a Lorna Dune. Do you remember Lorna Dune cookies? I'm nervous. No, I don't know what it is. Oh, what it looks, looks like is a shortbread cookie on the bottom that's a little... Which sp- is Lorna Dune. Sponchy. Yeah. yeah. And then there's snowballs on top. Mini yeah. snowballs with a little cherry and, and jelly in And we know how much Jonathan likes snowballs. Yeah. <laughs> Only in the wintertime. Is, is, is that a little cherry in the middle? Yeah. Yeah, marshmallowy. This isn't bad. Sponge. Yeah. Oh. I'm a fan. Yeah. Coconut. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is really good. Yeah. Can, can you? So somebody's going to Nick Rowe's. Can you bring me back some sponges? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I like this a lot. You guys got enough over there? Sponges. Mm-hmm. What are you pushing on the way for? Mr. Jonathan went right for salad when he came back. What did you get? Gain eight pounds? Oh, man. I plumped up. You fat bastard. Sponge. Good uh, cleanse the palate. Yeah. Not as good as potato chip, mind you. Right. <laughs> or a sunny doodle. Uh, it's not bad. It's good. I really like the cookie part. Yeah. I can do without the marshmallow part, but the cookie part was phenomenal. And their soda is all sugar, real cane sugar as opposed to mm. um, corn syrup and stuff. Oh, okay. So uh, I had a few sodas. I'm not a big soda person, but delicious. 
Did they have Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola. Mm -hmm. They had um, orange. Was the Fanta orange? Ginger ale. Yeah, they had all the regular sodas, just with straight sugar. sugar yeah. yeah. Is there a big difference in taste? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tastes like it used to taste. I noticed, like, if you guys have been to Europe, the ketchup over there. You guys like ketchup, do you? Jonathan doesn't. I don't like ketchup. Yeah. The ketchup over there is a lot different than here. Yeah. Yeah. So probably sugar instead of corn syrup. Maybe. Yep. Big difference. Yep. Um, okay, we're going to smoke now that we cleanse the palate. Yep. A Perdomo That's what you want to call it. That we were blind taste tested. And um, what did you think this was? Uh, I thought this was the um, the beer one. The, yeah. Uh, craft. craft series. Craft series, yeah. But it's not. It is the Perdomo Habano Sun Grown. Mm -hmm. Barry, tell us about it. Well, our second cigar today is a testament to the great cigars from Tabacalera Perdomo. Dave and Mr. Jonathan spent the whole week smoking Perdomo cigars, and they chose this cigar today, which proves that Perdomo makes great everyday smokes. We light up the Perdomo Habano Bourbon Barrel Aged Sungrown Epicure, which features a wrapper that's been aged for six years before it spends 10 months inside a bourbon barrel. The binder and fills feature tobacco aged, including four-year aged tobacco Seiko from Candega, five-year aged Viso from Jalapa, and six-year aged Lajero from Esteli. Today's cigar measures six by 54 and has a retail just over $8. Okay, so there was a Habano before. Perdomo Habano. Then they repackaged it and came out with Perdomo Habano again, and this time it said bourbon barrel-aged. By the way, it always was bourbon barrel-aged. It barrel always aged. was. Back they to 2000. Yeah. They didn't do anything different or anything like no. that, but now they're highlighting it. So there were all the barrels set up, and one morning we went there, and they had it all set up, and they t taught us what ended up happening and, and what happens to the tobacco. It even changes color as it's sitting inside these, these barrels. So what ends up happening is they, the they can only ferment the tobacco so many times before it won't ferment anymore. And then they discovered, uh, Nick's dad is the one who had the idea, they discovered that if they put the tobacco inside a bourbon barrel, that the alcohol content, the devil's cut it's called, that resides in the wood, will allow for a final fermentation, an additional one, where the tobacco will heat back up. And what I did find interesting is you hear things like 130 degrees thrown around when it comes to the temperature of the polones. And that will end up burning the sugars, believe it or not, in the tobaccos. Nick doesn't allow it to get above 108. So he's watching these barrels because it's completely encased. It's an island unto itself. Mm. He's watching these barrels, and every couple of days, they've got to be turned. Everything's got to come out. The stuff that was on the outside goes inside. The stuff that was on the bottom goes on the top. And then the barrel gets sealed again. Very, very labor-intensive. But every single Perdomo has a bourbon barrel-aged wrapper on it at this point. Yeah, even Garofalo that uses uh, Connecticut, it's bourbon barrel age, and this is why, because he wants to go to another fermenting cycle, almost to the degree of, all right, we haven't done enough yet. We've right. overdone every single thing. Yeah. We, there is no more fermenting further. cycle. How, do, how, do, how can we do another one because nobody else does another one? So they do it again. So let's do it again. Let's cut and light. It's time to cut our cigar. The official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Why not? Perdomo is the brand, while all other cigar brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax and actually lowered them. By the way, they, they say this, all the people that can't even speak English in the factory, cut the federal S-chip tax. <laughs> Perdomo cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. Excellence. 
you walk into the cigar rolling room and they see us all come in there and then they all get this chevetta, the thing they cut the cigars, and they all tap, 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 tap and that's them saying hello. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty when cool. You, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah. <laughs> like a round of applause. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was great. Man, okay. look at the, that's the beauty of the construction, even the wrapper, the, uh, the band itself. So taste this, taste this cigar before you light it and see if you get the bourbony taste. The sweetness that's happening, it's obvious that it's there. Absolutely. Yeah, last week we smoked the Maduro on the show, and we paired it up with Eagle Rare, which was a bourbon. It's a phenomenal beer. Yeah. Now, before we light our cigar, I learned something from Nick on the lighting. So let me go through my T4 commercial here. We're going to be lighting our cigar with the Lotus T4. retails for $59.99. It features the patented Vertigo big-ass tank, even though Huge. it adorns the Lotus moniker on the front. You have easy adjustment at the bottom. Very high end, the way they put that cover on that. You typically see that on lighters that retail for seven, eight hundred dollars. Right. This one is fifty nine ninety nine and a steal at that. So the way that Nick described how to light a cigar is you've got your wrapper and binder right at the end of the foot, and you want to seal the wrapper and binder to the filler on the inside by just caressing it with the with the flame, and you'll get just a thinnest carbon line. Then you put the cigar in your mouth, and you watch for the igniting, and you roll it. And then you'll get a nice, even light and a perfect burn. I've been doing it, and it's worked out great. Hmm. It's a good lighter to do that with. Yeah, just when you thought, you know, this, this whole trip for me was like just when I thought I knew it all, I realized I didn't know anything, yeah. and I got a long way to go. There's so much... It's 32 years, folks, I've been in the business, and uh, I dare call myself the authority. Because I'll tell you, they, they study it there. To a sick degree. It was, it, was, uh, it was college. I mean, it was, this is not a trip, if you ever take the Perdomo trip, and, and they do it every year at this time, and, and they go through... What do you say? A couple hundred of these he's already had. Thousands of people have gone through this process of what it is. Um, it's not going to be um, going to nightclubs and partying and all this stuff. It's, it's awesome at night going to sleep because you, you are basically You're learning and working day. at the whole time. It's like going to school. But I loved it. I loved it, loved it. Uh, couldn't get enough. I mean, it was crazy. Of, of, you know, again, going so many times and end up going through this process. Uh, I urge everybody that likes cigars to go through the process because you'll, you'll go to another degree. You'll, you'll really appreciate what it is and certainly not look at an $8 cigar and say, 8 bucks. you know. It's like, how the hell can this be $8? It should be $800. It's ridiculous. So it was around 1998 that Nick discovered the bourbon barrel aging thing, and he comes out with Habano in, in the year 2000. He had a dream right from the very first barrel aging, to be able to make a cigar that's 100% bourbon barrel aged. So in 2003, 2004, and 2005, he set aside some crop to be used in one of these things. Now, what he discovered over the experiments that he does, because he's forever experimenting, is that it only takes 8 to 10 months to be able to get the fermentation to happen. And again, this is already well-fermented tobacco that will not ferment anymore on its own. It needs the bourbon barrel, but it stops fermenting. It, no change in temperature, nothing. You're just storing it at that point after the 10-month mark. So, 
but he said that he wanted to do this 12-year, this double-age thing. So 10 years age on the tobacco, two years in a bourbon barrel. And he kept it in the bourbon barrel past the 10 months, even though it didn't need it, to go to the full two years so that he could, with, his, with a clean conscience, put the 12-year of age on the front of the box. Somebody on Facebook is asking, and I don't know if you guys know the answer to this question, uh, but what percentage of people on the factory floor did you see smoking a cigar, and do we know what they were smoking? Um, you have the people that are testing cigars, even though they go through draw testers, those type of people were smoking a cigar, and a couple of the rollers were smoking cigars. One, yeah, one or two. And he says everybody's allowed to smoke. It's free. Help okay. yourself smoke a cigar. But it's And he'll even pay them. If they rolled it and smoked it, they still get paid to yeah. make it. Yeah, it's not like they're blowing So one the guys that are smoking are smoking stuff right off their own table. Yes. That's okay. cool. Well, they're ready because I smoked right off the table. Yeah. Everything was fine. And the coolest thing was we're going around from, from place to place and seeing the different things. We're going to the packaging room, and there's the girls putting the cellophane in, uh, in the cigars, and next to them is they take the cellophane cigar and now put it in the box and with white gloves basically making sure that the labels are in there correct and everything was there. And he, uh, Nick says, hey, Dave, come over here. As I'm looking at somebody else over there, and there was Garofalo's being made. So and I'm cool. like, that was so cool. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah. cool. So uh, we smoked a Garofalo Connecticut and a Garofalo Sun Grown. Is there a difference? Because like, I, I, I wasn't aware that they freeze the cigars prior to shipping them. They're ship frozen, then defrozen. Yeah. Having a cigar right off the press like that, is, it, is there a difference? Well, no. There's, there's a, there is another fermentation that happens inside the cigar. So you've got a couple of days to smoke it. You can smoke it right off the table. Yeah. But then they go into these rooms that are they go through a sick period dehumidifying rooms that yeah. draw that moisture out because they have to bring the moisture content of those products going into the cigar up into the 74 range. Right. So once they all hit. Yeah, he actually ships them at 74. Because he figures by the time they go through shipping and they get to us, they're going to be down to 70 yeah, yeah. where they are. So he, he's looking at everything. So that box arrives in, in a cigar store. Humidity-wise, it should be perfect. perfect at that point. The problem I have, and we never put a cigar out basically out of the box. We put it into our humidors is because now we have a temperature issue. Mm. So it's either too cold or too hot here in New England. Very rarely is it. Is it perfect that it's there and we want it to now go through its temperature issue? And plus, every manufacturer is not doing it correctly. Correct. You yeah. know, so, you know, in his case, obviously, I know exactly what's going on on that end. But we have our way. As far as freezing cigars go, some people do that. A lot of the big companies, the, the, the better companies, end up freezing the cigars, making sure that nothing is living through it or anything like that's going to happen because of temperature. Some may not do it. So we have freezers, mm. and I, when we, we receive, you know, a, a, a 20, 20, 10 below, 10 below are we? He was 40 below. I think we're 10 below. Yeah, we get, but he said that that's, that's yeah. acceptable. Yeah. So we put it in 10 below ourselves and end up bringing it down. And again, we're not going to put the cigar out. We're going to let a, a week or two go before that cigar is going to go, uh, go through the process. But checking it, and I'm sure there's not a lot of retailers out there going through the process too, but that's because of... Some manufacturers that don't do the right thing. We can't take that chance. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it with Nick, but we go through the process anyway. So cool. So um, um, the blind taste test on this particular cigar, we, we, as Jonathan said, we would smell tobacco. Then we would smoke the cigar. And then he'd pass a different tobacco out and would smell that tobacco and smoke the cigar. Can you, t- can you taste what you smell? And then you get a different tobacco and you smell it and can you taste it? 
different tobaccos. It's the makeup of the cigar. And then what I found fascinating is Nick would say, okay, there's no right or wrong answer to this. Now tell me where it's affecting your tongue. And someone would say, oh, it's hitting me in the front. Someone else, oh, it's in the middle. It's in the back. And he goes, all right, the right answer <laughs> yeah, right, right. is <laughs> the middle. Yeah. This one hits you in the middle. And everyone's like, oh, but mine hit me in the front. Yeah, you're wrong. There's no right or wrong answer, but you, you're wrong. You, you particularly are wrong. Uh, again, another, another schooling that ended up happening, and then awesome. people would guess what it was. I had Roy Kirby next to me, and this is, happens to be Roy Kirby. He's, he's the New England rep of, of uh, Perdomo, and he knew right off the bat because this is his go-to cigar to begin with. The yeah, same size, it. everything was actually perfect, and he, he said, you know, he's whispering to me early on, that's the Perdomo Habano yeah. Epicure, yeah. that's what it is. And I'm like, yeah, so it was already embedded into my mind. I'm trying to say, okay, uh, is Nick um, going to mess with us and he give us the Perdomo 20th anniversary in the round? Right. In other words, before he box-pressed it or something to mess with us? And he goes, no way, this is, not, this is what it is. And then it came out. Speaking of box-pressing, interesting story of how box-pressing came about in the Perdomo factory. He, the, now they have lips on the edge of their tables where they're color sorting, but... They, they didn't always have that. It would just be a regular table with a white formica so they can see the shades under bright LED lights. And to stop cigars from rolling, this one roller took a book and she put it on top of the cigars. And it's holding the cigars there, but it's mushing the cigars at the same time. So she's color sorting, whatever. Supervisor comes up and says, why is this book on top of the cigars and lifts the book up? Well, the book was heavy enough to softly press the cigars and he actually liked it. So he goes and has the box factory make him a few trays. He puts 50 cigars in a tray, stacks them up, puts them in a press, and shows Nick. And this is how 20th anniversary came to be no box pressed before it was shipped cool. to retailers. That's yeah. really cool. And it's not a real hard press either. It's a soft press. They machine the wood to be just the exact thickness so the cigar mushes a yeah. little, not all the way hard box pressed. Pretty cool. Yeah. All right, let's find out what's up in the cigar world with Barry Stein. It's time for What's, what's up? up in the Cigar World, brought to you by Recluse Cigars. You want to know what's up? Recluse Cigars is what's up. Voted the 2015 Cigar of the Year is the Recluse Amadeus Reserva Habano. Every Recluse Cigar goes through eight, count them, eight fermentation cycles over the course of two full years. They are box-pressed and rolled end to bar for a perfect draw every time. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to try a Recluse Cigar today. This week we found out that La Flor Dominicana will be adding six new sizes to the La Hero cabinet line, including a six, by seven, a six and three-quarter by 60, a chisel, and a 6x64 called La Granu. Some potential tobacco heights were added to the calendar in Tennessee, going from 65 to 17%. And Connecticut is looking to raise their cap on cigar taxes from $0.50 cents to $1.50. Yuck. Meanwhile, a proposal to raise taxes in Kansas was defeated, as well as here in New Hampshire, as a whopping proposal to institute a 69% tax was defeated by more than a 3-to-1 margin at the state Senate. In Hawaii, a bill was introduced this week that would ban mail-order tobacco purchases in the state, including cigars. And each week we mention states that are looking to add a, to raise their tobacco purchase age to 21. Maryland began debating that issue this week, and it will be a crime if you are in possession of tobacco and you are under the age of 21 with fines up to $50. 
On a federal level, a bill was introduced this week that would change the grandfather date from February of 2007 to August 8, 2016, the day the FDA regulations of cigars began. Unfortunately, the bad news is this bill also includes vape products, and because of this, the bill isn't expected to go anywhere, as the previous bill on the same measure only gained 70 signatures in the last session. How about no date? Right. Just saying. Uh, yep. And lastly, in international news, Slovenia voted this week a 61 to nothing vote that will institute plain packaging on all tobacco products by 2020. If you don't know what plain packaging is, this removes all brand artwork from the boxes and bands, creating a uniform look for all products. And that's this week's depressing what's up yeah. in the cigar industry. What's up in the cigar world was brought to you by Recluse Cigars. The Recluse Amadeus Habano Reserva uses grade A Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a San Andreas binder, a Dominican Lajero Seco, and Pennsylvanian broadly filler tobaccos, which create a blend we call the Cigar of the Year. Recluse Cigars is What's Up! And a quick look to our calendar next week. We're talking smoking jackets as we smoke yeah. the smoking jacket cigar. This is Hanky Kellner, son, Hanky Kellner Jr. cigar brand. Will you be wearing your smoking jacket? I may. I may do that. I may put that on. And, um, we should all do that. Do you, do you all have one? I can get one. All right, get one. And uh, we're also going to smoke a cigar that's only for an event, an event-only type cigar, something you never had before. I never had it before, and we'll give you a little sneak preview of that cigar. And moving ahead, the the next week, uh, Mr. Jonathan and Dave are going to Cuba. So uh, you have a special guest. Yeah, we'll have Willie Barante from Miami Cigar joining us for a half hour, Um, at least a half hour. He has to head down to Rhode Island for an event after the show, but he'll be joining us. Okay, and then when I return, we'll tell you all about the uh, Habanos uh, Festival recap. And um, we will, uh, I will bring back uh, a Cuban cigar from there, and we'll, we'll pick it apart and see what we think of that. Hopefully it'll be the one that, if I can get enough of them, the one that's going to be highlighted at the festival. That'd be nice. That'll be the idea of it. And uh, from there, I leave, right after that show, I leave for Mexico for the TAA. So the following week, Jeez. I'll recap the TAA. Yeah, not that I have enough to do, right? So uh, that is the... Uh, up-and-coming calendar, and right now, let's hear the Don Raphael offer of the day. Brought to you by Don Raphael Cigars. Everyone has a price. Would you do this? And if so, how much? $50,000. Now we're talking. Dave, he last week was like 200 bucks. I no, mean, it was 20 bucks. It was 20 bucks. My, my pockets aren't as deep as Dave's. 50000 One-minute MMA match against a girl. It's a pretend thing, Barry. It's not <laughs> I don't want real somebody pockets. to say yes, and then I would have to come up with the money. Because Dave? Dave has always said that he would come up with the money if we did it. So you're going to do... Uh, Hell yes. The MMA yes. Women's Champion. Yep. And it will be filmed and put on YouTube forever. Absolutely. And I'd probably get my ass kicked. But of course I mean, you will. It'd be kind of sexy in a weird way. <laughs> Very weird. <laughs> if you're a little weird. Yeah. I would, but I, absolutely. I would want to fight Ronda Rousey. Not that man-looking one that's the uh, champion now, Holly, whatever her name is. Well, you got to do the champion, what it is. And no, I want Ronda, so no, I'm out. <laughs> Can we include Jello? No Jello. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, no snacking for you. Yeah, the embarrassment for the rest of your life that the girl didn't just beat you. Well, she... it's a champion, so, I mean, it's not just any girl. No, I don't care about. about that. I'll get my ass kicked by a girl. It's fine. I just want Ronda Rousey in the ring. That's Wouldn't it. it be the first time? I could be like on Entourage, and I could date her afterwards. Dave? 
No. No? I'd be turtle. I can't handle the rejection of, uh, you know, it's going to be filmed and it's there forever. And it's what an embarrassment. It's going to knock you out in one second. Imagine if you got a good shot off, though, and you knocked her unconscious and you're standing there going, I beat the snot out of a girl. Right. It's It's, bad. It's it's a lose-lose. It's a lose-lose situation. If you you hurt her, you're bad. And if you you get crushed, you're bad. So I'm out. I would just be running around the ring from her, like running away. I'm I'm bad. She'd catch you. Yeah. All right. That is it. We get, we, uh. It's a 50-50 tie on that um, for the Don Raphael offer of the day. Uh, right now, while you're enjoying life to its fullest, it's important to be debonair. How to be more debonair and more gentleman-like is Gentleman Chuck Morrison. You need a gentleman? Gentleman. I'm a gentleman. You need a gentleman? <laughs> you wouldn't want to call me gentleman. Ladies. Fasten your seatbelts, switch on your electronic devices, and pump up the volume. You need a gentleman? And this is The Gentleman's Way. It's brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. Debonair Cigars provide its clients with, wait for it, suspension of reality. Time spent smoking a debonair can never be subtracted from one's life. Today, gentlemen... The Gentleman's Guide to Pizza Etiquette. Mm. Now, I know you were away. You had yeah. some interesting food. Your palate expanded a little bit, but... No pizza. At None. the end of the day, pizza, as we know, was the lunch equivalent of food from heaven. Who doesn't love a slice or two of piping hot pie with a cold beverage to wash it down? Mm-mm. Although pizza is awesome, its presence has been known to cause people to lose their debonair minds. So here are a couple things to always remember. First up... Pizza that is delivered fresh is most often intended for sharing. If you are ordering it, it's always a good idea to order more than you think you're going to need and always do the right thing by offering it to those within an earshot. If someone else ordered said pizza and your lunch is, well, lame, asking if there was extra is more than okay. However, assuming that it is and taking a piece without asking is not debonair at all. Not at all. It's a foul. It's a foul. Pizza that is brought in from the night before has zero expectation of being shared. Cold pizza is just for the guy who brought it unless he offers, which he won't because it's all his. Right. He had the pizza the night before and intentionally left himself the exact amount of slices to sustain his workplace existence for the next day. He then left himself a note so that there was leftover pie in the fridge so that he would not forget. By lunchtime, your friend or coworker has an emotional attachment with this pizza He's only going to resent you for asking. It's his friend at that point. That's Put it. that pizza down. <laughs> that is the gentleman's way. It's brought to you by Debonair Cigars and Rum. The question, guys. Every single time we do it, the question doesn't change. Are you debonair enough? Yes, I order a pie for myself and a pie for everybody else. That's a good play. That's a good there play. Go. And in New York, pizza is referred to as the new Mexican food. <laughs> Mr. Jonathan knows how to do pizza now. When he started here, yeah. he messed up a couple of times. Uh, you got one time. Yeah. It was the one time. We call it the incident. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I thought we've moved on. We have moved on. I said you were, you were improved. Dramatically improved. Over uh, order. I'm a pizza always. ordering champion right now. All right, good. So we are smoking the Perdomo Habano Sun-Grown Epicure. So good. Guys. I wish we had our bottle of Eagle Rare here this week to have. It would pair nice, wouldn't it? It It takes me back to a few days ago being there and smoking the cigar there. Yeah, it's deja vu all over again. It's phenomenal. 
and I, I'll tell you what happens on a trip like that. I appreciate the cigar more than I did before. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. That's why he does it. Why would he do this? You know, we go in on a, what, Sunday, and then we leave on a Wednesday. On Wednesday, the bus drops us off, and the next group comes in, and Nick is still at the factory. This next group comes, he does it again, and this happens four times. And on the fourth time, he, he goes back. So he did four groups over two weeks. And then Arthur Kemper, who is, is his vice president, flies in with the next group, and he does it four times. And then after four times, he goes back, and Nick goes back. And this goes on for 100 days that they end up doing these tours. And they've been doing them for years, about three years now, yep. I think, that they've been doing this. We've got to do a show on that. I, I like Arthur, don't get me wrong, but how disappointing it is to see the understudy. Do no, the, he's no, no, no. What I, what, from what I understand, there was someone in the group, and it, it's very much like taking the J.C. Newman factory mm. tour with Bobby versus Eric. Yeah, you need one to do them both. you got to do them both. Yeah, one of, one of them is sort of like the fun brother, and the other one is the down-to-business brother. Yeah. I'll say Nick was a lot of fun, so I, maybe Arthur's the down-to-business one. But the, because of the way they do the tour, the, they're standing there translating for the guy that's, you know, Silvio, that's standing there talking about the seeds. So Silvio does his thing the same way every time, and then you've got the translation. So yeah, it, it has to be very, he's, very he's similar. smart that Nick doesn't control the whole thing. When he gets to the department that that person's the head of the department, they talk, yeah. Nick translate unless they can do bilingual themselves, and it goes to the next step and stuff. And he jumps in a little bit and stuff. But I would like to go through the, the author tour. I want to, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. How is uh, – your Spanish is – Zero. Exactly. Probably as good as mine, which is nothing. How is it to communicate, order food from a restaurant or – There was nothing to think about because everything was laid out. Yeah, on the tour it was this is yeah. buffet style. You go up and there's a – they always had beef. They always had chicken. They always had rice, fish, or beans, that, or both. They said the fish was outstanding. Did fish, you eat it? Yes. It was some sort of white. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. White fish. You would have yeah. eaten it. Yeah. It would have been fine. And like a halibut. Now, I, I, was, I was it deboned? Because every time I've gone to the DR and I've had fish, you have to remove the bones at the table. Uh, there was one bone I found, but for the most part, they just peeled the bone off. It was a filet. Okay. It was very good. So anyway, I still taste the bourbon in here. Yeah. It, it, it's present. Sweetness. It's great to go. Uh, okay, when we come back, uh, an unbelievable story in the asylum. I doubt it's even real. And a classic three-way, and I'll bet Barry loses on this Really? One. Shall we bet a cigar? More in the mailbag? No, because I, the, I, you couldn't have saw it. You couldn't have saw it. Uh, and more on Perdomo. We're live from Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Cigar Radio Network. Let's talk a little about Rough Rider cigars. So here is where the motorcycle culture meets Cigar Nation. This badass-looking cigar uses the name Rough, but delivers a smooth as silk ride each and every time. Even before lighting one, you can't help but notice its sweet-like honey flavor. Smooth and creamy, resembling slightly sweetened butter. Outstanding! The Rough Rider Cigar is so beautiful in so many ways. We're talking a premium cigar, imported, long filler cigar, but wait till you hear the price. Every cigar is in the $3 price range, that's right. Even the Churchill in the 6x60, every cigar is in the $3 price range. Rough Rider Cigars, there's nothing rough about Rough Rider except the name. 
Rough Rider Cigars. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada Number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's DrewDiplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Founded in 1989 by Mariana and Nestor Miranda, Miami Cigar & Company proudly celebrates their 25th anniversary with the release of their flagship brand, the Nestor Miranda Collection. Made in Esteli, Nicaragua by Don Pepin Garcia, the collection is available in three distinct wrappers aimed to please even the toughest critic. Nestor Miranda Collection. You only get one life. How will you live yours? Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? I'm writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake. Jose Dominguez, not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. In 1848, in honor of the English poet Lord Byron, a cigar brand named Byron was first created. Through three centuries, Byron has gone through many hands, but today it is back with the family that first created them. Returning to the early days, now the brand, in a very limited quantity, is produced in a small factory in Costa Rica. Nelson Alfonso offers three Byron blends honoring all three centuries of Byron, Siglo 19, Siglo 20, and Siglo 21. Other cigars sit in an aging room for 60 days, but every Byron cigar sits in an aging room for a period of at least one full year, then and only then into ultra-luxurious porcelain jars and state-of-the-art cigar humitubes packaging. Sure, Byron's packaging is unique and costly to produce, but nothing else will do for a cigar of this quality and taste. Byron Cigars. Cigars of poetry. Sophisticated. Byron. This is Eric Newman from the Jason Newman Cigar Company, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority on United Cigar Retailers Radio Network. 
And we are back live in the La Florida Dominicana Cigar Studio smoking Perdomo Habano Sun Grown Epicure and reflecting on a few great days in Nicaragua. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cigar Authority. Uh, more on the Perdomo Cigar Factory Tour. It, it was unbelievable. You have to do it. Uh, you people across the United States, even across the world. I mean, there were people, we met people from other countries yes, we did. Uh, that were coming from the, the last group. And um, they, they make this available. So wherever you are in your cigar store, you can mention that to your uh, cigar store um, that um, next year when it comes available, you'd be interested in going. And they'll contact the rep and, um, because consumers go. We had consumers there. We had other retailers with us. Uh, and you know what? We made a whole bunch of friends is what happened. Yes, we did. And, uh, I, you know, we'll be contacting those people forever and ever probably. I mean, it was everybody was went through the same um, unbelievable experience together. And we had people there in the cigar industry for a long time, like myself. It was, uh, it was huge. Learning the, new uh, things. The <coughs> so Nick has this process that he developed. Uh, he calls it the Ferris wheel. And when the wrappers get, they, they allow the moisture content of the wrapper to drop into the 40s and 50s for dry storage. And when it's time to rehydrate those wrappers, tobacco <coughs> is one of the only plants that you can allow it to apparently die, and you can bring it back to life with water. So it absorbs the water, and it becomes very elastic. And he would, it would take typically about four hours to rehydrate these wrappers, constant Wetting the leaves, shake them out, let them sit. Wet the leaves, shake them out, let them sit. Wet them again, shake them out, the whole bit. And then you end up with water spots on them and some usable, unusable wrappers. So he created this thing that really looks like a massive Ferris wheel, two of them, in a room. <coughs> and the room is operated on microburst steam that shoots microburst droplets out in a cloud. And the Ferris wheel just rotates around. It takes... Only 11 minutes now to rehydrate these wrappers for use in the, uh, you all right? I'm good. In the, in the factory. So you might look at that and say, oh, this must have been an expensive proposition. But imagine the amount of time that he saved in labor. Yeah. And so I said that to him. I go, it, it, it sounds like you've saved all this time in labor. What do you do with the people that now are out, would be out of a job that don't have to do this? And he said, believe me, there's plenty of stuff to do around the factory Nobody gets fired. No one's job goes away. He invents a way to reach to, to go through another fermenting process. Yeah, it's just, so every single thing that he does, instead of doing what some big corporations do, which is eliminate jobs, he is looking for ways to make the workers have to actually physically work less. It doesn't reduce their pay. They still get paid. They put in their honest day's work. Yeah. And anything he can do to make the process easier, because you heard my list, there's a lot of inspection going on. And we're, we're talking about thousands, right? There was about 4,000? 4, 4,321 workers. I, no I made that kidding. up. It's 4,000-something. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> but when you, when you go through it with Nick, it's the exact number of everything. You know, oh, decimal the, points and yeah, stuff. He's, got the, it, he's great. Awesome. Yeah. So awesome. He's great. Okay, right now it's time to take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars. They're coming to take me away. Uh-huh. They're coming to take me away. Ho-ho. Hee-hee. <laughs> to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats And they're coming to take me away <laughs> It's time for news from the Insane Asylum Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true Or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars Take No Prisoners Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful Medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars with sizes ranging from 4x44 To the absolutely insane 
8 by 80 that's right, that's asylum. You know those people who dominate every conversation? They only talk about themselves, Is he talking and again? you just want them to <laughs> shut up? This might be a perfect gift for them in five to ten years. A team at MIT is working on a watch that uses artificial intelligence and then vibrates to let you know when you're being boring or have talked too much. It monitors things like your heart rate and blood pressure. It also monitors the tone of a conversation by picking up on things like long pauses and how often you repeat yourself. Give you a shock, like a dog collar. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, The algorithm they're using can already tell if a conversation is happy or sad with 80% accuracy, but right now it pulls most of the data from the person who wears it. I would say that's the most valuable data. They still need to make it better at analyzing multiple voices at once. You won't be able to buy one for at least a few years, but they basically want it to be like a social coach who is with you all the time, helping you interact with people. They think it might really be useful for things like first dates, job interviews, and Barry Stein's What's Up segment. (laughs) (laughs) That's insane. That's asylum. They're coming to take me away, ha-ha. They're coming good. to take me away, ho-ho, hee-hee, ha-ha. To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time. And I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats. And they're coming to take me away, ha-ha. All right, so I usually leave this classic thing, classic history, in the back of this paper. And you, you could turn it over and you could see it. But this time I wrote it, and I wrote it when I got back. And I slid it behind here. So Is that why you could... were going through there, Barry, I don't before know. the show? Doesn't... He couldn't have saw this. So it's here. He didn't see it. Uh-huh. And uh, we'll, we'll be the judge of that, Dave. We'll, we'll see what ends up happening. He is our champion, right? Rare. Okay, so it's time for the Classic champion with Classic an History, <laughs> brought to you by Classic Cigars. You've heard of Epic Rap Battles. <laughs> But now it's time for the epic battle. Wow. It's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. For this day. Tell anyone about this, I'll kill you. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. In classic history. Here's looking at you, kid. Brought to you by Classic Cigars. Nervous? All classic cigars are handmade and imported from the Dominican Republic, and every cigar is priced under, get this, under $3 per cigar. You like that, baby? Let him know where I came from, yeah! Choose any blend, including the Classic Connecticut for its mild and smooth taste, the Classic Maduro for its bold and spicy flavor, or the Classic Cuban for its sweet, sun-grown, and nutty overtones. That's undertones, you idiot! Whichever classic you choose, it's a classic cigar. Available at twoguyscigars.com. That's twoguyscigars.com. Celebrate today with a classic cigar. Today, February 18th, is the birth date of Dr. Drew, hip-hop icon, who was the chief architect of West Coast Gangster Rap. You mean Dr. Dr. Dre. Dre? D-R-E? Yeah, his name's yes. Andre. Dr. Dre. All right. right. He invented Beats Headphones. Uh, who's Dr. Drew? He didn't Dr. invent Drew anything. Like, he loved uh, his the love name. doctor. <clears throat> okay. He had like a show with Adam Carolla. All right, this is Dr. Dre. They're both D-R-E. basically the same age, but yeah, Dr. Yeah. Dre. Dr. Dre. What up? Co-owner of Def Records. Death Row Records? Death Row Records. Death yes. Row Records. Uh, won numerous Grammy Awards. Kind you know, you know who he is. I am, Knight. Yeah, you know exactly who he is, and I don't know who he is. Let <laughs> Me Ride. And uh, Well, anyway, he went on to produce albums for Snoop Dogg, Eminem, and 50 Cent's. Half a dollar? I don't 50 know. 50 Cent. <laughs> <laughs> 50 Cent, yo. Dr. Dre, born today. Go shorty. Yeah. 1963. 63. 
64. 64. 65. 65. Somebody got two points. Barry. Mr. Jonathan. Jonathan. Mr. Jonathan. 65. I know my gangster rap. So that's two points. You see what I'm doing here? This is good. All right. This is what you have to do. That's kind of bad. Obviously. It's different listening to the show than being part of it. And I go, wow, he's cheating. (laughs) (laughs) Chuck, today is John Travolta's birthday. John Travolta, who starred in the 70s hit film Saturday Night Fever in Greece. He later went on to play Vincent Vega in the critically acclaimed 1994 film Pulp Fiction and starred in Get Shorty, Ladder 49, Wild Hogs, Hairspray, Swordfish, and lots more. Vinny Barbarino, John Travolta, born today with you. John Travolta was born in 1956. 56. I think Chuck's over. I think he was born in 1949. 49. 1954. 54. Somebody's got two points. Barry Stein. Barry Stein. Damn it. He catches up. I mean, come on. (laughs) He couldn't have looked at this. It's impossible. Mr. Jonathan, Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon, movie star, prominent actor, including roles in Something About Mary, Herbie, Fully Loaded, The Outsiders, You, Me, and Dupree. Nominated for Academy Award Best Supporting Actor in his role, film Crash. Matt Dillon. One today, what year? Wasn't he in the movie with uh, I Wish I Could Quit You? I don't know. The cowboy one there? 1961 is my guess. 61. 62. 62. 69. 69. One point, Barry Stein. Cheater. Takes the lead. Jesus. Three to two to zero. Come on, Chuck. I'm trying. This is going to Barry Stein. Molly Ringwald, movie actress whose movies include 16 Candles and The Breakfast Club, member of the Brad Pack, appeared in Pretty in Pink. You know what you love, you can't live without a Molly Ringwald, born today. What year? Nah, that can't be right. Uh, 1957. 57. 62. 62. 69. 69 is over 62. Hey, I'm on the board. Chuck's on You're the board. on the board. It was 68. So we got three. To two to one for Chuck, and moving on to Chuck. Ready, Vanna White, game show host, actress, and television personality, recognized as the hostess and puzzle board turner on Wheel of Fortune. What a gig, Vanna White! All right, writing it down, Barry. That's the rule. 1963. 63. I think she looks great for her age. 1948. 48. 61. 61. 48 will take the point. 48 fits 57. 57. So we have a, a, a tie here right now. We have one more question, and we have a tie with Mr. Jonathan Barry at three. Amazing. Chuck what has one. I, I could potentially tie it up. You could make a three way tie, and, and this is the last one I have. And it goes to Mr. Jonathan. Yep. Yoko Ono. Oh, God. Yoko Ono, activist, anti uh, God. <laughs> uh, Artist, musician, filmmaker, and best known for the wife of John Lennon. Blamed by many Beatles fans as the band's breakup. Yoko right. Ono. Get back on the bus, Biatch. 1930. 1930. 45. 45. 43. 43. Mr. Jonathan says 30. It's 33 for the point, for the win. Yes. I told you. And Mr. Jonathan is the new reigning champion of this That's classic right. day in classic history. So we have a new way to do it cigars. so that Barry can't cheat. There we go. He couldn't see it. 
and I'm gonna I'm gonna mess it up a little every once in a while and stuff. And believe me, this you know is, what? It's well, sad that you have to do that. That's it, all I'm gonna say. That's it. It's not it's not debonair. No, See, this is all. why he was so agreeable, <coughs> covering his screen and turning his phone over, because that's not where he was getting the answers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, so your thoughts here on the Perdomo Habano Sun Grown that I am a fraction of the way down on the cigar. I thought slow burning. I thought going into the factory tour that my favorite cigar that Nick made was the Connecticut version of this. Yep. And it turns out it's this. And part of the part of the trip when we did the tasting on this, he said at the end of this, I'm gonna be able to tell you what you like for cigars. You yes. think you know. Right. But I'll be able to tell by your answer. What you like. And he pointed at me and he said, Mr. J, you like medium-bodied cigars straight down the middle. I know you think you like mild, but you like medium. And yeah. that's it. And there was one guy that said he liked mild. It turns out he likes full-bodied cigars. Wow. I remember, yeah. Ron was his name. That's a big shift. So this is my favorite right here. I can see why. Ron Potter, who's been listening to the whole show. Hey, Ron. Yeah, hey, Ron. What do you think? I've always said that the Habano bourbon barrel aged sun grown was the best of the three. And I'm still going to say that. I'll tell you. It is smooth. Habano is sells like flavorful. crazy. They're saying an outselling now to champagne. Wow. Outselling the champagne. Doesn't surprise me. It's an unbelievable cigar. Really good. Yeah. Really and the, good. the whole repackaging of the cigar really brought it to the next level in terms of visuality. Mm. Because the cigar did not change at all. He says, nope. everybody tells him that the blend changed. And he said, I promise you, nothing has changed at all. The bang used to be very plain and boring, and now it has, it has elements oh, it's beautiful. Of, of foil. The sun-grown has a bronze foil to it. It, just, it stands out well, on the shelf. I think he's having a band Well, and part of the standout on the shelf, let me tell you, too, is a little class that he, he taught us also. He taught the retailers that were there is how to display the cigars properly. If you go into your favorite cigar store that has Perdomo, you're going to notice it looks different than everybody else's because he actually helps the retailer along and teaches them the right way to display the cigar. He wants them vertical instead of horizontal, correct? Nope, nope. It has to be 33 inches across or something, mm-hmm. four, at least four sizes to end up showing visually better. Mm-hmm. He took classes to learn. 33.6. Uh, <laughs> point, yes. Everything is, everything is like that. So it is unbelievable. And, and I'll say this. What, what you know, one of the commercials is Garofalo Cigars that, um, you know, it, it's an honor. And he, he uh, brought that cigar to me. And you go through the process. It has taken me to a different level of Perdomo Cigars. What he has done, and I am honored that Absolutely. they make my cigar. I'm, you know, clearing that's the way it is. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't pick a better place that it's there. It's, it's so awesome to, to have seen the process uh, being done. And, uh, frankly, honored to know him. You know, honored to be friends with a guy yeah. like this that has done what he did. I know him from when he was operating out of his garage with his wife, Janine, to going to a pl- little place in Flagler that I visited where he had a little rolling thing in Florida before him, his dad ends up going to Nicaragua and starting to build a factory and get it going there and watch the progression because I was in the business before he was in the business. So I watched him from there to where he is now. It's an honor to know the guy. You know, this is a self-made man. It's unbelievable what him and his family has done. And uh, give a Perdomo cigar a try. This particular one is unbelievable. Oh, it's fantastic. You know, and again, I'm here, I am a milder guy, but I can appreciate um, the sun-grown dramatic. We have a few patches left from the last time we did the, the patch deal. So how about if anybody orders, and I'm putting you on the spot, but if you order 
three or more Perdomo Habano barrel age. We'll throw in a cigar authority patch. Sure. Love it. All sure. right, yeah, we got about now, a dozen left. Give it a try. You guys know me and how punctual I am. And speaking of Ron Potter being on the show, so, so they, just type, the show. they just type in. Type in TCA, the Cigar Authority, Mr. Jonathan Dances with Men Anything. in the Common Field. We'll understand. And we'll understand. And yeah. if you buy three or more Perdomo bourbon barrel ages, tell, try one of each wrapper. Yeah. We'll throw in a Cigar Authority yeah. patch. Yeah, try it. Any nonsensical really. thing and you'll get a patch. So Ron uh, is the only person that gets up earlier than I do. Because we would go to bed at 12 o'clock at night after you have dinner and you sit out there and have a couple cigars. And next thing you know, you're talking and it's midnight and, oh, my God, i got to get to bed. So we all hit the, hit the sack, get up in the morning at 6.10, and Ron's been out there since 5.30. He's halfway done his cigar. I mean, uh, no BS from this guy. He's sitting, sitting there smoking. A lot of respect for Ron. He's an early riser. There we go. All right. That's what it takes. And uh, that's it. Next week, I'm going to put the smoking jacket on and get funky. Uh, we're going to deal with uh, smoking jackets and um, see if we can get people into smoking jackets again and see if we can make a comeback for smoking jackets. I'll bring a jacket next week. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Bring a smoking jacket, all these. I'm going to smoke shirtless. Yeah? Oh, God. All right. Stop. You're turning me on. <laughs> okay. Um, until then, you've been listening to The Cigar Authority and the United Cigar Radio Network. And when you happen to be smoking your... Perdomo Habano sun-grown epicure. Always remember, keep the lid end out of your mouth. tell you about a fellow named Dave and the fact that I have been buying my cigars from him since 1985 when they first opened up. Two Guys Smoke Shop. Now, Two Guys Smoke Shop have three convenient locations right over the Massachusetts border in tax-free New Hampshire. Now, here's something I bet you didn't know. Two Guys Smoke Shop is America's largest cigar shop and has the largest inventory of cigars anywhere. Wait till you see this place. You're not going to believe it, all right? Now, if you like cigars, you can't find a better place to buy them than at Two Guys Smoke Shop. They're in Salem, New Hampshire, Seabrook, New Hampshire, and their new location in tax-free Nashua, New Hampshire. It is worth the ride. You can call 888-2-CIGAR-2. That's 888-2-CIGAR-2 or on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. The best place to buy cigars anywhere is Two Guys Smoke Shop. It's Stogie Heaven. With a million choices.